It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn, who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever paid. Now I see you in a better place. See you in a better place. Ah. Uh. Can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last ride. Been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Way in the vibe is feeling stronger with small turn to a friendship, a friendship turn to a bond, and that bond will never be broken. The love will never get lost. And when brotherhood come first, and the line will never be crossed. Established it on our own when that line had to be drawn, and that line is what we reach. So remember me when I'm gone. Can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last ride. features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups.
Welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE Show. Tonight is our Sports Whispers weekly show hosted by Steve Kent, and we will get to that very, very shortly. But I am Jim Early. That's right. And for anybody who doesn't know, Jim is, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have these shows. Um, but Jim, I understand there is, uh, there's something that we, uh, that we must address. Right. Um, Need help, Jim? We, uh, do you want me to do it, Jim? Yeah, no. well, we I lost, was going to say uh, we, early Wednesday morning. We, okay, we, go we ahead. Lost, we lost a uh, moderator this week. We lost a friend. We lost one of our biggest contributors to our Survivor podcast. Eddie Raheem, and I did look up the last name and the pronunciation so I would have it right. I got it right, Melissa. Um, yep, Raheem. But, mm-hmm. but um, we uh, we couldn't have another podcast without paying tribute to Eddie. Every every season of Survivor, I've done so many seasons of Survivor, and I keep wanting to quit. I just... I, I I just I, you know I don't want to do it no more. I just it's draining to me. But after every season, I think about do I want to do another one? Do I want, yeah. We doing another one for Eddie. Yes. And uh, it's funny, JB, because you know how many spoilers I put out, and Eddie freaking loves spoilers. He freaking loved them. And I know it. Put out so many spoilers on the podcast. And then it was so funny because. And I would tell Steve this when I would when when the pod would end, I'd have a message from Eddie asking me more spoilers, more spoilers, and I'd send it to Steve. And I'd say, "Do you believe this guy? Did I just not give enough?" And no, Eddie you would didn't. still be asking. <laughs> Eddie would still be asking for more. But that's Eddie. That was Eddie. Um. And like I think I saw Melissa say it somewhere, he don't have to ask no more. He's going to know. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to come on here and pay tribute to a friend, to a friend um, yeah. that we lost. And it, it will be like it will it will be like Caddy. We'll never get over it. We're never gonna get over it. We're gonna always think about it. We're never gonna get over it. But we're gonna have to live with it. And uh I just couldn't let it go by without honoring him. So I know we have a few other people here that that knew him and were friends with him. And if you want to say something, please, please speak up. You know, I think I'll go first. Uh, Eddie was definitely one of the most enthusiastic members of not just our group, but also of the podcast in particular. Uh, he re- We would often refer to Eddie as our edit guy. And he, yeah. was al- he, he was always, always very key with breaking down certain things that we would yeah, often I mean, see even, on the show. Steve, even, even with the edits, he saw shit that we didn't even think about. He saw lighting. He saw camera angles. He saw shit we did not even think about. It was definitely, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say this about Eddie. You know, he he saw a lot of stuff that I don't think a lot of us saw that, you know, a lot of us would go back and watch the episodes after he would mention certain things like the lighting. And it really made sense. You know, the way they were portraying certain people. And he had this he had this knack of of seeing of seeing a lot of things that, that other people didn't see. And you know, it, it Jim, honestly, it's just gonna be so I contemplated before before you uh before you posted that thing earlier today saying that we were gonna do a little tribute at the beginning of the show tonight. I contemplated whether I should even do a show this week, just out of respect. Uh, and you know we would pick up and, next week. And that, but and that that I mean, and and you know I've talked to you about this. That's the way I felt in the groups. I haven't posted in two or three days because I don't know. I just don't think it's right. I think yeah. Eddie would have wanted it. But, I mean, I've I've seen a lot of stuff I could have posted. Yeah. And I talked to Steve, and I said, I just, I don't think we're there. I don't think the mods are there. I don't think 
we are there where we've moved on yet. So no, I don't know. No, I just not, it's going to take quite a while. I just. I just look at it and I just pass it over because I, I can't do it. I I wish I could have recorded him the day he called me and we talked about Carolyn's puppies. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> we laughed and we laughed and we laughed. I was working and I just pulled over when I seen him calling me. And that's when he said, Jim, that he was going to tell you that night on the podcast that he think he, that he thinks he's straight since he looked at Carolyn's puppies. <laughs> I I giggled about that all afternoon, a, and I could I could not wait until that night for the podcast. What a hey guys! What a great um, memory! What a great memory that is! What a great memory! I don't know yeah. if you guys can hear me, but I have to go back to work soon. Uh, this is Michael. Um, Hi, Michael. Hey guys, so Eddie posted um, a while back, hugs, something we all need more of. So he posted that with Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and you know how much he loved dogs. And so I just think that hits home because he's given us everybody hugs because I think that's what he's doing. In heaven for us, he's given us all hugs, and then um, yeah, and, that's a that's a very special that, that, uh, that, post. That that's a good point, Michael. Something I wanted to bring up tonight because uh, when I I mean when I post stuff, I mean I get tons and tons and tons of notifications of people seeing it, liking it, whatever, and. Eddie was one of the main ones. I mean, when I would post something, he'd be all over it. He'd be clicking like. I mean, I saw his name 20, 30 times a day if I was posting stuff. He was always watching and keeping an eye on what what I was doing. And, uh, I mean, he was there. He he was a mod. He was watching. And he 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 saw what I was doing. He would click on like, and he was active. He was there. He he was in the whisper. And and Jim, I think because I talked to him like a couple of days after you made him, you and JJ made him a mod, and he just could not get over why y'all picked him. I said, do you know what you yeah. do there? You know, he that I think was such. That was higher than bestowing him kingship or something, you know, and and uh, it just there's so many memories I have of him, even though I have, you know, I I just started calling in this year. But when I was driving to Arizona, we talked several times a day. And then when I got COVID, Eddie would call me several times or text me and say, hey, how are you doing? He he cares well, about everybody but himself. Yeah, I I have to I have to go, guys. I uh, okay, have to stop bye. work and pay my respects for okay. All for right, Eddie, Michael. So. Thanks for calling. Okay, yeah, thanks, right. Michael. Yeah. But yeah, um, J, JJ and I actually talked about that. 
We talked about that after he passed away. Mm-hmm. About about us when deciding you... to make him a mod and uh we uh we just felt so good about it. And and that night you announced it on the podcast. He oh, his he, voice he was his ecstatic. voice was ecstatic he, uh, and he was so excited and yeah. he kept saying, I'm not worthy. And we, you know, as you are, that's why you got it, you know, and yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm that in a was, loss. That was, that was one of the things we, we talked about was, I mean, cause when we do that, it, it's, uh, it's kind of a strenuous process because it's a very select group of people that we trust. And um, when it came to Eddie, um, we talked about it and discussed it, and we we came to the conclusion that, man, this guy is true blue, whispers. He is true blue, Jim and JJ. This guy is the real thing. And so we do it, and... And when it happened, it, it was like you said, he, he just, he couldn't believe it. And the thing was, it wasn't too long after Ron had passed away, and it was like J.J. and I thought about it, and we're like, we did this the right way, like we always do, but. He re- he really needed this right now. This is really good for him right now. This is good for Eddie right now. Even though we're making a decision that is right for us, this is good for Eddie. And that's yeah. how we felt about it. And I think Eddie felt the same way. I think he was like, "Wow." You know, he was he was man, he couldn't he couldn't believe it. You know, it's like and now, unbelievable. And why me? Why me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would say was, that too. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, his personal situation didn't have anything to do with with JJ and I talking about doing it. We we did it because he deserved it, and then after it's over, if you look at it and you think, man. This was the right thing to do, but this was really good for him too. He really, really needed this. This was good for him. It was a boost that he needed at the time, and you could tell it. Um, I know you said in one post that you called Kansas. Did she ever call you back? She did not. I told Steve that. Um, I did communicate uh, with I did communicate with Tom Bouchard, um, who is kind of like a go between between me and some uh, previous mods that moved on and started their own thing. And Tom said he Pre- would spread it to them. Um, yeah, previous but, uh, uh, previous listeners previous listeners of Sports Whispers Weekly would know who Tom is. Uh, Tom was our uh our former well i should say my former co-host 
on the show. Yeah, so, but uh, uh, listeners of Sports Whispers yeah, Weekly would as, know who he as is. As far as Kansas, as far as Kansas goes, I'll tell you what I told Steve in private. Um, I am not impressed. I I think I did the right thing. I feel like I did the right thing, and she just didn't respond. You did do the right thing, but yeah. for somebody that acted like she was friends with Eddie and they talked and she sang with him and this and that, it. I'm sorry, but I am very disappointed. I have no respect right now for her and her husband. Yeah. She, you know, I don't care what she thinks about me or you or Steve or anybody, but let. Respect Eddie. Yeah, I mean. And I, mean, I remember that night Eddie said, I oh, called, your voice is so beautiful. I called her. I called her. And I could hardly keep it together. Because it was still pretty fresh. Yeah. I was crying. I was trying to hold it together. And I probably wasn't doing very well. But I think I spoke well enough that. She would have understood what I said, and she just she never replied. And, so. and you know what, Jim? Even if you didn't get your point across, if you were too emotional, why didn't she reach out to you? Yeah. Why did she not? Um, I mean, we'll never know. I know. I know. I know. She had to hear what I said about Eddie. I know she had to hear that. I know that. she did. She, yeah, and like like I told Steve, I mean, I did the right thing. That's all yes, I can you do. Did. Yeah, you yes, did. You did. You you did you did you definitely did, Jim. And uh, by the way, we do we do have uh, callers calling in. Um, just a just a a, a reminder to. Those who are just calling in now or maybe those who may be listening and wondering where is the sports talk. We will be doing sports talk tonight, but uh, we did just to recap for those who are just tuning in now, we did lose a member of our Whispers family earlier this week, Eddie Raha, uh, Rahame, or uh, I'm sorry, I hope I'm saying that last name correctly. Rahim. Um, yeah. Rahim. And we are we are we are paying tribute to him to start off tonight's show. Uh, there will be sports talk uh, coming up, and uh, not to mention there's probably going to be other people calling in uh, to give to give their thoughts and respects uh, to the late Eddie uh, Eddie Rahim uh, later tonight. Yeah. I do know we that we do have uh, some comments from Laura. She said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm unable to make it tonight. I am supervising some work in my yard. The people working are from the Ukraine, so it's imperative that I'm there to explain things. Uh, she did say, Eddie will be missed by all. Such a kind and gentle soul. My condolences Amen. to everyone. And Amen. Tim, uh, Tim told me that he couldn't be here tonight, uh, but he did give me a statement to uh to put out on the show tonight. Uh in in particular he said this is the absolute saddest time for whispers. 
Eddie was such a bright light in the community. He was the most enthusiastic about the podcast, the spoilers, and the groups as a whole. Above all else, he was a great friend to everyone he came across. And now that he's gone, there is a big void left in these podcasts that can never be replaced. Rest in peace, Eddie. I hope you are enjoying your time with Ron in heaven. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I'm curious. Oh, can I? Uh, uh, can I? Can I ask? Is Melissa here? I'm here. Yeah, she is. I'm here. I want to hear you. I want to hear Melissa. I'm here. Well, you know, I. Want to, I, I want to hear you. I um. I think it was on Wednesday. I had saw a post from Eddie that said his first peony, and I said, "Oh, you know, because we have peonies all over the place out here, and mine weren't quite fully bloomed yet." So I took a picture of them yeah. and I said, "Well, in another day or so, in another day or so, they're going to be um, in full bloom." Well, when I got up that morning, they were in full bloom. So I took a picture and I was going to post it to Eddie. And say, hey, look, it's in full bloom now. And I got smacked in the face with this tribute to him on his page. And I could not believe what I was reading. And I thought, oh, for sure Jim knows about that. So I quick go to the mod page to see if you had said anything. And there wasn't anything there. And I and, And I said, okay. I have okay. Before I, I not, start, I had not seen yes. it until you told me. Yeah, I said I can't. Uh, I better do this before I I completely fall apart. So I texted you and Steve and yeah. Laura and and Reggie and I I was like, you know, Eddie's gone. He passed away. I'm like, <laughs> and then I was like, I can't even believe it. It just felt like a dream. Yeah. I just. I was not. Yeah. Um, I wasn't prepared to lose him. <laughs> it's no, like he, he was doing so well. He was doing so good, and he had said yeah. that his medicines were making him feel so much better. And he had got, you know, was looking forward to this puppy and working in his garden and all of this stuff. And I thought, yeah. you know, he's doing. He's in a really good place right now. So yeah. the fact that he's gone, I'm just like, what? What? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Eddie, I know. Eddie, Eddie. I know when you when you sent that and I went and looked, I was just like, I mean, I was stunned. I was stunned because, I, I, because I had just seen the picture he posted of that that little flower and I had posted, I had clicked like on it like a day or two before. And uh-huh. I had posted something in Whispers fan camp and nobody, nobody in there clicked anything on it except Eddie clicked like. So I, yeah. I knew he had been active. He had been active just the day before when he, when he clicked yeah. in Whispers fan camp, it was the day before. So, um, yeah. 
Uh, well, apparently it was, it was uh, quite early. It was it was early on Wednesday morning, and from what I gather, he was in his garden. Yeah. And I don't know yeah, if he if he had like a life alert or if he called somebody or what happened, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. He was I, apparently I don't know, in his garden. I, I know. I know JB was supposed to be talking to him on the phone that day. Um, mm-hmm. and there was something going on about replacing a pet and stuff like that, JB. Yeah. Yeah. He told he told me that the uh, puppy that he lost. And I will be right uh, back. I've got to take this call. I will come back. Okay. All right. And I know uh, it was uh, that uh, survivor. Um, Oh, that one uh, that one uh, Thursday that he didn't show up, and I think it was either that day or the day before when his when he uh, lost his uh, puppy, and okay. I called him. I think it was the next day or that Saturday and called him. And yeah. I told him, I said, uh, you know, the post that I made, I posted because you usually don't, uh, you know, write like that. And he said, Jim, thank you very much for calling. He said, I didn't know. I was in a different state of mind, and that's why I uh, wrote, you know, I meant to write, but it didn't come out the way it did. And I know I made a, I know I made a a goofy comment on there, and I think it was like. (laughs) That's JB, though. That's JB, though. That's, that's you. Yeah, and what I did is I I told myself, you know what, if Eddie comes back and reads this, he don't need to see my post, so I deleted it, and I actually wrote on there, I deleted my post so Eddie don't have to see, you know, (laughs) so Eddie don't have to see this. And I have, I'm going to have to leave in a little bit too. And I have only one comment to make, and that is I got a telephone call from uh, Jim. I call him Game. (laughs) And it was about 11.30. And... My telephone rang, and I saw Jim Early, and I thought either somebody something's going on that he wants me to do or something happened because right. I have only gotten a telephone call from you one other time before that. Yeah. 
and you told me what happened, and I said, what? And (laughs) I could hear it in your voice, and I told myself, you know what? I said, "Uh, just, just tell him thank you very much and just end it and just, uh, you know, we we don't need to I don't need to be talking to you to him right. and just call, yeah, talking was, and talking and I, I was, said I he's not in, he he's not in the quote right state of mind to be no. you know talking and talking so just let it go so that's what I did I was in the I was in the process of trying to let you know, Kansas know. I was trying to let other people know, and uh, and I was still trying to deal with what had happened, and it was it was hard. It was really hard, and I knew you understood yeah. because you you let me get off the phone. You said I I hear you. I understand. I know. I, I, you let me get off the phone because. Uh, I was. It was hard. It was hard. I could, I could, I could hear it in your voice, and that right there told me, uh, you know, all I need to do is, uh, you know, thank you very much, and yeah, that's I all just, I needed to say. I knew, I knew you guys were close, and I wanted you to get your ass online and. And see what was going on and what was being said. That's, you know, I, it was, uh, and it was all after Melissa told me because I didn't see it till Melissa told me, and when she told wow. me, it was just like yeah. crushed. And I, I tried to look on, his, yeah, I tried to look on his uh, Facebook page. And I didn't yeah. see any lengthy uh, post by anybody. Yeah, well, and some, I guess somebody, was... somebody, somebody did a long post on there about it, and uh, that's what I was. When you came online, that's what I was telling you. Go back and look because because there's something on there, and I, and I want you to post. I want you to be able to post. I wanted. I wanted, I wanted all of us to go post um, as a group for Eddie. And I remember, uh, I think, I think I was at work at the time, and Melissa had contacted me out of the blue. Yeah. And because normally I contact her, she doesn't contact me. I contact her. And normally, you know, she contacted me. I was in I was in the middle of one of my uh, of one of my runs, uh, you know, bringing the kids in and whatnot. And she texted me this message saying Eddie passed away yesterday. And I kid you not, I said out loud, and I texted her this same thing too. I but I I texted out loud. I'm like, what? Like, I I was in complete disbelief because it just, this, 
and honest, honestly, right now, it, it still doesn't even seem real. Right now, like it, yeah. I'm expecting that when we do that, when we do another podcast, when we do the, uh, you know, the next Survivor podcast, I'm expecting that we'll be, you know, we'll we'll be uh, we'll be talking with Eddie right that right then and there about next season's show. So for him well, to all of a sudden not be here, it's you know, it's well, weird. The, it's the, weird the, because the thing the thing the thing the thing between Melissa and me <laughs> I mean I mean we're close. We are. We're close. She knows I love her to death and respect the shit out of her. She knows that I love you to death too. It, it, it's not like we sit there and message each other every day. Like, how is today? Was it? We, we don't do that. When she messages right. me, I know it's important, and that's how I found out. That's how I found out, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It was like, and I just fell apart. I know it was short and sweet, and afterwards I thought about it. I thought, oh, man, I should have just called him. But, you know, at that time, I was in shock myself, and I thought better yeah. just to make it short and sweet before I completely freak. And, um, yeah. That's the same <laughs> way I that's – that's the same way I felt yeah. when uh, Jim called me. I saw his name on my uh, telephone. I thought something is uh, going on. Uh, answer yeah. that telephone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, was I don't. Quite shook. I don't. I don't make I many it. of those calls. Yeah. I don't. Then I, I don't really do that. Later in the day. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to bother in the day people. To <laughs> but. I, I just, I just know, I know when she messages me something, it's important. It ain't just some bullshit message. It's important, or she don't message. And when I, I mean, saw if you want that, bullshit messages, you can and just I, get it and from I me. Went, I went, I went and looked. I was like, I was just, I was. I was floored because Eddie was that Eddie was gone. That was and and there's nothing you can do. You can't say bye. Mhm. Yep. Yep. And I got to thinking, you know, um I wanted to I wanted to call him and you know, see how he was after his pup, but I know Eddie is very emotional. Um, yeah. When we were going through this stuff with Kansas and that, and I had messaged him and I was, um, you know, saying, you know, Eddie, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, he says, can you just call me because I can't text very well. And so I called him and he was just bawling. He was so upset. He was just bawling and crying and so very emotional because Eddie is a very emotional person. 
Yeah, he and is. He is. I thought, you know, I'm going to wait until he's got his other puppy and in a better place because it took me a long time to settle him down to where he could actually talk to me when we when that yeah. happened. And then we had a really good discussion after that. And I just, um, I felt really bad for him. I felt bad for the puppy. I felt bad for him. Anytime any animal is hurt, it. it right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm just going to have to wait until he's in a better place before I call him because, and now I can't call him. Yeah. So, I'm, and he, he was I'm, uh, he was he was close like that with Reggie too. I know they talked a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. did. And and it was out of the blue. I'd just pick up the phone and call him. He'd pick up the phone and call me. And and uh, you know, but I am so happy that we just giggled and giggled and giggled over Carolyn's puppies. Yeah. I mean, I will never. <laughs> I know I bring that up a lot, but I will never ever. Forget that, and especially he was so excited to tell Jim that night Amen. on the podcast. He he had Amen. a little kid's voice when he told me that. He said, yep, I'm going to call in the podcast and act real serious, Reggie. Do you think I can do it? And I said, you better practice. You know, so, yeah, it was just so cute. He was, he was yeah. like a little kid. You, uh, you always, always keep that memory, Reggie. Always keep that. I will. I wish I'd recorded it. But who thinks that way? You know? Yeah. Hey, hey everybody. It was nice talking to you. My ride has come. And I will be, you know, talking to, you know, whoever, uh, whenever. Okay. Bye, JB. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, JB. Okay. Thanks, JB. All right. You're welcome. Thanks. But um, I'm going to have to be going uh, too. I have company, so I just come into my room. But I love y'all. I'm never going to leave the podcast anymore. I'm never going to leave the podcast anymore until I say I love you all and I'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right. Okay. Bye. All right, bye-bye. We love you too, girl. We love you too. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. A year from now, we'll probably forget it and be over it. But for right now, it's like it's hard. If you're gonna do a podcast and you're gonna be with some of your friends and stuff. You're going to think a little bit more about this that, you know, they could be gone tomorrow. And I know eventually it'll get past that to where you don't think of that all the time. But for right now, you're probably going to think about there. You're going to probably think Melissa could be gone tomorrow. Laura could be gone tomorrow. Steve could be gone tomorrow. Tim could be gone tomorrow. Jim could be gone tomorrow. JB could be gone yeah. tomorrow. Reggie could be gone. Knock wood. Right. And that's just the that's just the truth of life. But I, I, I don't think you can live your life like that. But 
Um, maybe we should have you know, thought more about that. Maybe we should have thought more about that with Eddie and his health. Well, I did. I Every time I would wait on bated breath for him to, for somebody to say, Eddie's on the line, it's just like, because I remember with all that Kansas stuff going on, and there was a time where he wasn't calling in. And I said, you know, somebody ought to check on him because his health wasn't great. He was having, he was falling asleep in the middle of the pod and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was so devastated with all this crap that we had going on. And, um, yeah, I... I should have, I should have picked up on that. So it's it's like um, I thought that, but like I said, it sounded to me like he was in a a really good place. He was working in his garden. He was, you know, sounding a lot better. He had told me that the meds he was on was making him feel a lot better, and. He was going to have this procedure done, although it kept getting put off and put off. But, um, yeah, so I was just kind of floored. I was, I was floored. Yeah. I could not believe yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, like I said earlier, you know, I, I was in the middle of work, and I flat out yelled when it happened when I got that message and it just, it, 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 it just shows you how fragile life is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And he, like everybody, we were all expecting to talk to him next, either, you know, either in the whispers groups or we would talk to him on the next podcast on the next survivor podcast. Uh, maybe if he would have called into the Big Brother podcast, I know he doesn't like Big Brother or he didn't like Big Brother, but maybe, you know, if there was a possibility that he would have called in, uh, we would get we would get to talk to him again. You know, it 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 it, it didn't register in any of our minds that yeah the finale was the last time that we would talk to him. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the I mean, how we brought up Jim. How how crazy is this that we lose Eddie after a survivor season has ended, to which he sort of liked. You know, he had been very critical of some previous seasons, but he sort of liked this season. And, I mean, he liked Carolyn. Um, He didn't really like the winner that much, but uh, he sort of liked the season. And it's crazy that as critical as he's been about some of the seasons, we lose him after a season that he really kind of liked. He really kind of enjoyed this season. 
Right. It's it, obviously, you know, death death is unfair. Period. You know, none of us ever know when we're going, but it is. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to put it this way, but it's kind of poetic, I guess you could put it. That you know, the past couple of seasons, he was very very critical. And then the one season where yeah. all of a sudden he likes it happens to be his last season. Right. And it but just... that's a good thing. But that's that's a good thing, it Melissa. Isn't that a good thing that Yeah. He he really sorta of enjoyed this final season that he got to watch. Yes. <sighs> Yes, and I'm, well, it's, he, he um, was in his garden, and the season had ended, and I just, it's like, here one day, gone the next. It reminded me of my dad, we had had this Christmas party. And we all knew that my dad's health was, you know, getting worse. But we certainly did not think we we wouldn't we definitely did not think that ten days later he'd be gone. So it's like Yeah. It just kinda of reminded me of that. So it was Rob. It was like, Oh my god. He just never it just because he just sounded so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, Jim, uh, there was one thing we discussed. The other thing, Melissa, I remember about Eddie on the podcast, um, of course, he had his opinions. And he would disagree with you if he disagreed. But uh-huh. nine times out of ten, he was sitting there mm-hmm. saying, Man, I agree with what I agree with what y'all say, Steve and Jim and Mala. I agree with what y'all say, and y'all really know what you're talking about. He did that all the time. Mhm. And you know, you know, Jim, there was one thing that we were talking about uh, in that final finale podcast about what to do for upcoming seasons. And I remember we were pretty split on whether or not we should continue with the spoiler talk or if we should maybe dial it back a little bit. I think, and yeah, I remember that. You know, I think uh, if I remember correctly, Eddie was one of the ones who supported having spoil or keeping the spoiler talk. Oh, and I well, think, you know, Eddie, you know, Eddie's, you know, Eddie supported spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he did. You know, I Heck think yeah. it would be fitting. I think, I think it would be Ed, fitting. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie would have been like, if you, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, don't tune in. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it would be fitting. That was Eddie. If we continue, if we if we if we do do another season, I think it would be fitting if we do uh, 
you know, abide by his wishes. Well, regard. I've got spoilers. I've got spoilers, so um, <laughs> I'm just good. gonna miss him. I, 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 on on the on the podcast, I'm gonna miss being able to go to him and say, Eddie, what do you think about the edit? How are they editing so and so? How are they editing? I am gonna miss that so bad because he was so damn good at that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. one of the things that really provided. Uh, I, I mean, we're our, you know our ta- our coverage of Survivor episodes are, is spectacular to begin with, but it, it almost it almost feels, Jim, like we've lost a dimension to our podcast now because. He was our he was our edit guy, and I mean you know I I followed the edit too, but followed the edit like Eddie followed the edit. No, nobody so, did. Nobody did. You know it it it, it just it kind of seems like we've lost a dimension. Like we went from being three dimensional to two dimensional. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you saw that, didn't you, Melissa? I mean, that was his niche. That was his thing with the edit. Yeah, it was. I mean, he, he was so good at it. He was so good at it. Mm-hmm. And then you had said, I don't know if we can have another podcast. I said, well, he would not want you to end the podcast because he's gone. You no, what what I said, what I was saying was, after every season, I always stop and have to think about: Do I want to go through this again? Do I I want to do mm-hmm. another season? Because I've got I've got family, I've got all this stuff going. Do I want to do another one? And what mm-hmm. I was saying was, with Eddie passing away. There ain't no way in hell I'm not doing another season and dedicating the whole season to Eddie. Yeah, I think you know, I think if Eddie were here he would want the he would want the show to continue. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I've got spoilers and I will do another season. And it will be, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to incorporate this without Eddie, but we're, we're going to do another season and, uh, and it, and it's going to be for Eddie. This this is, this is Eddie's season and he's going to be watching up there and he's going to know Jim, Jim. I got better spoilers than you. I know what's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's like I put in there. Now he's got all the spoilers. I wish he could call in and spill the tea, you know? Yeah. And, Jim, he finally yeah. got one up on you. Yeah, he's, 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 he's one up on me now. <laughs> yeah. 
But I've been so. keeping an eye out to see if there's an obit for him and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but I've uh, been kind of looking. So, I'm just I'm just gonna miss him. You know, I go to Melissa for input because she's so sharp with what she sees, and same thing with Steve, and then JB with his. JB has kind of different opinions, and then Reggie is a little bit off the wall. I mean, we have all these different people, and then you go to Eddie, and you're like, what do you see, Eddie? What do you see with the edit? Well, I mean, with the – and Eddie will tell you about the lighting and the camera angles and who's getting confessionals. We're not going to have that anymore. It's gone. That's gone. It's gone. Well, you know what? We can have a a segment called What Would Eddie Say? And we can we can try to figure out what Eddie would say. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could do that. There's a couple of things we could do. Yeah. Because yeah. I just I just, I like going down the list and involving everybody, and that was kind of his thing. That was that was Eddie's niche. You know, that was his little thing that he always contributed that we didn't have to worry about. We didn't have to think about. He covered it. He told us. But. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, according to uh, according to JB, he was he was just about ready to go to Panama for some stem cell treatment. <coughs> yeah. You know, I'm surprised we haven't had a couple of uh, a couple of people join us tonight. I know one in particular was nervous about. Uh, because of how things ended between uh, him and this person. Um, and considering that they keep uh, such a such a close eye on everything that's posted, uh, I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that this person didn't join us tonight. But um, well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know why anybody. And you may know who I'm talking about. I don't. I, well, I, I don't think I do, but I don't know why anyone wouldn't have joined us um, to to pay homage to uh, to Eddie. Right. So, I mean, I don't. I don't do these Saturday night pods. <laughs> Steve can tell you. You know. It, it. You know. I may do three or four a year. I don't do them. This is for Eddie. Um, and, uh, I, I can't imagine why somebody wouldn't want to just come on and pay homage to Eddie if, uh, if they have that thought. I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't. Well, Let's just put it this way, Jim. I'll t- I'll tell I'll tell you later on the 
on messages on messages because uh, you may you may know who potentially who I'm talking about. Uh, it had to do with the whole Kansas stuff. Oh, okay. Well, well, she should she should forget that shit and come on here and pay homage to Eddie. That's what she should do. Right. But um pretty sure Melissa you knows know, I, who I, that is too. Yeah. Well I didn't at first, but yeah, I know now. <laughs> I um I uh well let's just say that um I don't think that she would mind if I said it. Okay. She had said that she had said that um she had wanted to talk to him but she didn't know quite how and that he had kind of unfunded her. <laughs> and I said well, how, that was probably uh, around the time that was probably around the time that I think he even unfriended Jim at one point. Yeah. And so I, I said, but you the, know, the Jim and, about- and he and Jim made up and everything's good now. I don't think you should um, be worried about that because um, it's like water under the bridge and, you know, it's, What's here, in the here, past is in the here, past. Here, here, yeah. Here's 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 the thing with that, Melissa. Here's the thing with that. Mhm. Um. Do you not think everyone knows how they can contact somebody else if they just come to me and ask me? You don't think I can make the hookup? Yeah, I don't think that would have crossed her mind, though. But, I mean, seriously, if you want to talk to Eddie, don't you think if you come to me, I can put you in touch with Eddie? Uh, I don't think that probably crossed her mind. I don't think that well, it crossed her well, mind. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Don't you think, Steve, don't you think in whispers, if you want to talk to somebody, you go to Jim and he, he, he can hook you up. You've always been the one to smooth things over with people, to, to be able to smooth things over between different parties. Yeah. And I, so, don't, I don't do it. I don't do it without asking. Like, if, uh, example, Laura wanted to talk to Melissa, I don't give Melissa's number out unless I go to Melissa and say, Laura wants to cut with you. You, you want right. to, is this cool with you? You want to talk? You know, and yeah, I'll, we- I'll, I'll, give her, I'll give her your number. That's the way I do oh. it. I don't just hook people up without asking, you know? Yeah. Right. But Laura and I talk, so 
yeah. But um. <laughs> well, I I used a good example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, seriously, it's, I mean. Um, I mean, because there's some people that don't want to do that. They don't want people calling them. That you know, they they don't want that. So um, that's why I always ask. You know, I'm like, but I pretty much know everybody in whispers, even people that are not on the podcast, just regular posters. If somebody wants to talk to somebody, I can hook it up. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I don't know. You know. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like that too. I don't want people, I don't want people calling bugging me, you know. Um, I got enough shit going on. Without all of that, but you know, I, I'll I'll take my text messages, I'll take my messages, and I'll read them. But I don't want people calling and bugging the shit out of me, you know. But right. you know, there, there's a lot of people that just they just want to connect and talk. So we we can do that. But uh, I and, and, and I think Eddie, I think Eddie was someone that really liked that, didn't he, Melissa? Didn't he really like the the contact? Yes, he did. Yeah, he I, did. I, I think he, he did. He really too. did. Yeah, I think he did. I know he did with you. I know he did with JB. I know he did with Reggie. And until it went haywire with Kansas, he did with her. Yeah. Um, he, I will fully admit he tried with me. He was, I, I, I think he told me four, five, six times, call me, call me, call me, call me. And I, like I just told all of y'all, I don't really do all of that stuff. So he tried with me, um, but I, I'm pretty sure he did with Melissa and uh, JB, Reggie. Um, I don't know how I don't know how much he did with Steve. I don't know. Nah, uh, he only did it on occasion with me. He didn't really. Uh, any contact that we had was either on the pods or in. Uh, in one of the postings, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, he probably talked to other people more than he did me in message. Like he, like every so often he would message me, but uh, most of the time, uh, any talk we had was out in the group or on the pod. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. We texted a little bit here and there, but he didn't like to text that much because. It was really hard for him. I don't. I don't know why. I think I've only talked to him on the phone a couple of times, but simple texts every now and then. We didn't. But other than that, it was mainly on the pods. So, uh, Jim, I believe we have uh, Jim Junior joining the line. We have who? We Chris. have your son. Yeah. Oh, hey, Chris. 
Hey, Christopher. What's up, Steve? What's up, Dad? Hey, hey. we talking about? We ain't really talking about sports right now. We talking about a? We talking about a moderator we lost this this past week who passed away. Well, well, when would be a good time for me to call in? Uh, probably, I don't know. What do you think? 15, 20 minutes. But you can say, you can say hi to Melissa. She's here. She's one of my mods. Hey, hey Melissa. Chris. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, that's my oldest and my, uh, what's the word, Steve? That's my oldest and my... Most. Ah, what's the word? Uh, challenging. That's my oldest. That's my oldest and my most. Challenging. Yeah, uh, he's not challenging. No, maybe. Well, he's not. No. Yeah, he's no, not, not challenging. challenging. He. Yeah, no, he's not challenging. He's really good. It's uh, he's my oldest and my most. How about provocative? Yeah. yeah like I always be, tell yeah. somebody about my oldest, about, my how, handful. How about that, Chris? How about that, Chris? For you're my oldest and my most provocative child. Man, I don't even know what provocative means, but I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we we're gonna we're gonna talk about Eddie another probably fifteen twenty minutes, and then you you can either hang on here or call back in and and do some sports stuff. I'll call back in around nine thirty. All right, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll call you I'll call you in a little bit from here. No, let you know what's going on. Okay, sound good. Just me, hey, mess me All right, I love you. Let me know when I can hop in. You know you know it's good. You know it's good, Melissa, when your oldest one never hangs up before he says he loves you. Never. Phone call, never. He never hangs up without saying he loves me. He's a Good he's boy. a daddy's boy. Oh, he's a daddy's boy. And Steve Steve can tell you all about how he how he was in whispers. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. How how do I put it this way? Nobody fucks with Chris. Put it that way. <laughs> oh my God, those those whispers games he played in. Oh my God, he was something else. Lord hammers. And actually, Ooh. if I remember correctly, I think Eddie. I think Eddie was a fan of the Whispers games, if I remember. Yeah, he he did. He liked them. I I never I never could talk him into playing, but he liked watching. Yeah, I remember he was he was either in fan camp or I think he tried commenting a couple of times actually in some of the uh, in some of the uh, threads. That we would have going yeah. on, but boy, I, I tell you what, I, I mean, 
Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Melissa. When I played, I was very, very entertaining. My son. (laughs) He was entertaining and went a little bit, uh, what would you say, Steve? He went a little bit more to the extreme. Extreme. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I never will forget the night he did. Yeah, never not. But the, the night Tamara was doing that challenge about them questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to talk about somebody he, who, who he was told, very blunt he with told the girl. He told the girl on the staff doing the questions he thought she needed to get laid. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want, if you want My to talk about goodness. somebody who's very blunt with their responses, uh, yeah, that's Chris. Yeah, he said, I think you need to get laid. Oh, my goodness. He sounds very ornery. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was, oh. And the way he did Daniel, oh, my God. He, he made such a fool out of Daniel. Made such a fool out of him. Because he had all yeah, the information on him. He, made, he had all the information on him and led him down the street. And let him lie and lie and lie, and then told him all the information he had. <laughs> yeah, he did no but, no joke. No joke. He did an online version of panting to Daniel. I mean, him, and, him and Cutie, him and him and Cutie, Kristen Williams, him and Cutie. Damn, they were good together. Good Lord, they were good together. Man, they were good together. The only two better than them were me and JJ. <laughs> they were good. God, they were good. If they if they needed to win a challenge, they fucking won it. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about if you're talking about gameplay, they're the type of gameplay that Eddie would have liked to see. Oh yeah, out of the Survivor I mean, season. Good. God, they were good together. Woo! Man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, and then, Melissa, we had we had the ultimate. We finally had the ultimate showdown. Him against me in a final challenge. We finally, after like, 30-something damn seasons, and me winning, shit, I don't know how many times I won, Steve, Steve, four or five times, and Christopher won two or three, I don't know, but it came down to where it was him against me in the final challenge, Melissa, came down to it, and it was his challenge. You could not beat him on the video challenge. No way. This son bitch what was what what did he do that season, Steve? When what did what did he get like seventeen out of seventeen? 
something around there, yeah. I mean, you play a video challenge, Melissa, and you ask questions about what somebody saw in the video. And you could not beat him at that shit. He got like 17 out of 17 right. And we didn't even realize it until another player, when it was over with, said, I think he got all 17 right. And we were like, well, he didn't, he only had to answer like 12. They were like, I think he got all 17 right. And we went back and looked. This son bitch got all seventeen right. He had them all right. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were like, good gracious, seriously. But I got him. I got him by one point. I got him by one point. When 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 it was head to head, I got him by one point. So, and then JJ JJ was one of the hosts. This is what happened to me, Melissa. J.J. was one of the hosts. I get his ass out. I get his ass out. And J.J. is a host, and she comes back and says, we're going to make it a final three. So Christopher's going to make final three. I'm like, what the, fuck did you, what the fuck did I just beat him for? For sure. You remember that, Steve? Yeah, I remember, and I remember how pissed off you were. <laughs> he ain't got a damn vote. Uh, yeah, that what was her name? Uh, Angel Angela Sanford even voted for him to win after he got yeah, after he ruined, got took out. Yeah, yeah, and it, he it, got it ruined out your perfect and, season and too. And Angela Sanford voted for him to win. I'm like, how does this shit happen? I took him out. I took him out. I'm here. I should get all the votes. And she votes for him to win. I'm like, man, man, man. But Tim must Tim must have told her to. Because yeah, he ruined your perfect was, season was. one season. Yeah, Tim Tim fucked it up one time, and Angela Sanford fucked it up one time. I won like five times, and two times were not perfect seasons. The other three were. One time it was Tim's fault. One time it was Angela Sanford's fault. Actually, no. Technically, it was Tim and Tamara, because Tamara also voted against you. Uh, not, no, no, not in, not, not in the final vote. She didn't. No, <laughs> no, not in the final vote. The only final vote that season against me was Tim. Oh, I thought there was a season where you had two against you because, uh, oh, okay. Because I think I think it was Mod Squad because of the uh, of how they dis they disagreed about how about how the uh, the end uh, you know the how how you uh, camera, played during the camera, camera 
Tamra voted against me in like final four or final three. I think it was final three because final four, Jeannie said, because she had fucked up and I busted her ass. So Jeannie said, I'll vote however you want me to. And, and she did. And then that left me and Tamara, JJ, and I think Sam, but... Yeah, I think um, Sam was the other one. Yeah, and then, and so... I go to Tamara, and I'm like, okay, this is how you need to vote. And she's like, but I didn't vote against you. Jeannie did. Jeannie's the one voted against you. I didn't vote against you. I said, you don't need to do it now. You don't really need to fucking do it now. And she was mad because she wanted to go to final three. She wanted final three because her and J.J. had been final three before. Hell, they, they had been like final two before, and J.J. beat her. So she wanted final three again. I said, that's not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And she didn't, she didn't want to vote like I wanted her to vote. So we, we took her out. We, we we voted her out. And that's why she didn't like me when it come down to jury. Think okay, that so left maybe, me and JJ I, I think that le- I think that left me, JJ and Sam and I was smart enough not to win that challenge and have to pick. I didn't want to do that shit. So I just watched. I just watched them play. I just watched them play. And Sam won, and I said, well, you know what you got to do? You got to take J.J. out or she's going to beat us. He took J.J. out and left me and him. So I didn't have to do it. I did not. I In, in all my games that I ever played, I never had to take J.J. out, I wouldn't do it. I always let somebody else do it. He took her out, and so, of course, she went to the jury and was like, Jim needs to win, Jim needs to win, Jim needs to win, Jim needs to win. And Sam was fucked. He was fucked because he fell for it. He fell for it. He took J.J. out. That was stupid. That was stupid. He should have took me out. So, and but but in all honesty, he was gonna lose anyway because JJ would have beat him too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, of course she'd have beat. She'd have beat. <laughs> So, anyway, um, 
Melissa, thanks for joining us tonight and talking about Eddie and the You're others welcome, that were here, Reggie, Reggie and uh, JB, everyone that came on here, and, and Steve, and 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 honored uh, the memory of uh, Eddie. And I guess we should probably, at this point, let Steve get back to the sports podcast because I know he's got people wanting to talk about some sports. So um, thanks. Thanks for uh, for us getting to honor Eddie and talk about Eddie. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you know Bob, uh, like we said before, Jim, this is ultimately on top of things. This is your podcast. You know, so if you ever need a night where, you know, you need to, uh, we need to have something sort of like what we did tonight, uh, you know, like I said, Saturday is all, I can, I can always end up rescheduling a sports podcast at any point. If you ever need yeah. to, uh, to use a sports, uh, you know, a Saturday night for, uh, for anything, but, um, it was great to, to 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 hear from everybody tonight, um, with uh, with Doyle and and everybody uh, calling in, and not just not just them, but also the uh, the two uh, statements that I had from Laura and Tim as well. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't right. join us for the uh, for the Eddie portion yeah. of uh, of tonight's show. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, but, like I said, um, thanks to everyone that uh, did chime in about Eddie. Um, and uh, I'm glad we were able to honor him a little bit tonight because we don't have a... a uh, Survivor podcast coming up, so we had to use the uh, Sports Whispers podcast, and I'm just I'm I'm just I'm really glad that when I did the posting that we had some people show up. Um, I guess that's it, Steve. I guess I'm I'm glad that. Uh, that people showed up and we we were able to talk about Eddie and honor Eddie. Right. And if anybody else else wants to add anything, Melissa or anybody, I mean, um, we were, we were just, we were just trying to honor a friend. That's all it was. We were trying to honor a friend. You know? Now we do we do have uh we do have Alex with us uh right now. Uh we did have Lou earlier but he uh he ended up dropping off. Um but uh we do have Alex with us who is in the sports whispers group uh as well. So okay. he probably saw I am pretty sure he saw the uh uh the, the posting. Uh, Alex, you saw you saw the posting, right? That uh, that we put up. 
Um, I have not. First of all, sorry for your guys' loss, and those are really nice words uh, that each of you guys offered. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't seen anything, man. I'm sorry. I was doing some random stuff before. Did you put it on Facebook or where was that? Yeah, it was in. Uh, it was in. It was in Sports Whispers. Okay. Yeah, I have not. I, I don't think I've seen that one. What was that? Was it for the tribute or what? what? The tribute. Yeah. Uh, for, oh, okay. Yeah, for oh. the tribute. We had uh, we had a uh, nice. an in memoriam uh, on the top of the group. You could probably see an in memoriam uh, oh, very nice. photo. Right. right now, I got it. Yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna let you oh, guys wow. get the sports. I'm gonna let you guys go and get the sports, and um, we'll talk to you guys again. All right, Melissa. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, Melissa. You're welcome, Jim. Love ya. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, Melissa. All right. And I believe we do actually have Boo. Uh, joining in, uh, joining in now. Lou, is that you? Yes, it is. Steve. All right, welcome, uh, wel- welcome to the, welcome to the show. Uh, Very you know, like, 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 uh, like we had, uh, like we had discussed earlier. Um, uh, yeah. We did do a, uh, we did do a show dedicated to, uh, to one of our mods, uh, Eddie. For uh, right. to start off tonight's right. show, um, who tragically passed away in the middle of uh, the middle of this past week, and uh, I mean, you, you know, uh, if you if you're a fan of Survivor or whatnot, uh, and had listened to the uh, uh, recap shows, you would you would have heard him on the recap shows. Uh, he's not much of a sports guy, so. Uh, he wouldn't you, have been on I've any of the uh, sports shows. I've heard you mention throughout the years, so I, I, I never got, I never did call him by. I know who he is because uh, you've mentioned him, you know, throughout the years I've been calling you to this show. Hello, yeah, so. you got me, Joe. Yeah, Diane. Yes, you. I know Diane. I just, I just added you in. Yeah. Um, okay. I just added you in, Diane. Uh, what, you know, what, once, once again. Uh, an, ap- an apology for earlier, but uh, no, you know, the, ultimate, ultimately, this is Jim's podcast. So, uh, you know, if he if he wants to do something on a uh, on a Saturday night, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it's we're, we were honoring one of our one of our moderators, so uh, yeah, it made the most sense. <laughs> yeah, it made the most sense to do it tonight. So. Um, but, uh, we do have a lot to talk about though. Uh, we have Lionel Messi. We have Lionel Messi, uh, going to major league soccer and perhaps maybe the biggest contract that has ever been signed, I think in major league soccer history, uh, in particular, uh, what I read is, Yeah, he's uh, he was the captain of Team Argentina, Argentina. for the 
for the uh, the FIFA World Cup this past year. Uh, that one that ended up winning uh, the World Cup. And yep. he has now signed a four-year deal with Inter-Miami, who just got absolutely destroyed by the New England Revolution tonight, right. uh, to a four-year deal, which will give him about $54 million per season. And in, in, in what's considered to be the richest contract ever given out to a major league <laughs> soccer player. Problem renting a uh, condo in uh, Miami. You might. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> go, I mean, matter, matter of fact, be okay. <laughs> matter of fact I mean, he's close friends with, he's close friends with uh, Inter Miami's owner, David Beckham. So. Right. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. You know, know. Any home there. That makes more sense. I didn't know about that wrinkle of the story. The mm. Beckham angle. Yeah. Yeah, that played a big part in uh, played a big part in mm-hmm. that and wooing him and getting him over there. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, as as far as uh, as far as Messi goes, for for those who don't know who he is, I I mean, how do I how do I put it? Uh, he's he's like this modern day version of Michael Jordan, basically for soccer. Pretty much. Like the only or, thing that was missing team. from his resume was a FIFA World Cup, which he won yes. this year. Yeah, for years it was like Jordan, or sorry, it was like uh, almost like Lemieux Gretzky's one A one B with uh, Ronaldo. But in the past few right. years, he's proven it definitely. In the past few years, he's definitely put some distance between uh, himself and anyone else in the sport. I mean, he's yeah. the dream of the crop. Yeah, uh, Messi, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Major League Soccer is definitely put on notice with this signing yeah. because I, I can I tell you, just, just from the amount of success that he's had overseas, I mean, he has a total of about, I want to say, over 500 goals through, throughout his entire career with Barcelona and Paris okay. Saint Germain overseas. So I, this is a, this is a guy even at the age of thirty five, he's still putting up career numbers. And yeah. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Major League Soccer is actually, dare I say, weaker than uh, than overseas competition. No. So. Really? Well, yeah, I know it's 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 easy for me to uh, to put that out there now, but um, you know, it's I think it's definitely uh, this is going to be a huge shift for, and it's going to put a lot more eyes on Major League Soccer when you have a such a huge name like Lionel Messi join their uh, join their rankings. I mean, they could have had. Lionel Messi could have joined Cristiano Ronaldo out in uh, Saudi Arabia and accepted yeah. the four hundred million dollar offer that he got, but instead, to turn that down. yeah, he ended up That's turning it. that down in order to sign uh, a contract for around a little over two hundred million uh, total with Inter Miami. Yeah. 
So I mean, not for, not for nothing though. You got to be kind of, you got to be out of your mind to give that kind of money. I mean, I mean, Luke, you know, you you follow major, you follow major league soccer. You're a Red Bulls fan. Uh, right. You know, what are your what are your thoughts on on Lionel Messi? Uh, seemingly going to be spending the final years of his career, of his illustrious career in Major League Soccer. No, let's not get too hasty. I mean, 35 isn't exactly over the hill, even in soccer. I mean, you know, this day and age, 35 is still like in the prime of your career. So let's not be too hasty here. Second of all, I think it's a big boost for Major League Soccer. Yes. On the flip side of that, though, I wish he was coming to the Red Bulls or maybe even NYFC. But no, he's got to go to Miami. I get it. He has he has a home there. He owns property there. Has a vacation home, et cetera, et cetera, and is uh you know in cahoots with uh, Beckham. I get, but still, it's a disappointment to our side. I mean, I was hoping maybe he would you know give the Red Bulls a boost, but uh, no. And I'm surprised though that you know when Beckham was here, it wasn't you know the big thing you know because when he went to the LA Galaxy, you know I thought that was going to create a big buzz, uh, but it didn't as we expected. So this might be the the boost that maybe Major League Soccer has been missing in the last 25 years of their existence. Yeah, but I sure right. we're going Because now, now you're going to have people from overseas who may have, who may follow him. Uh, you, yeah. You're going to have people from overseas watch now wanting to watch Major League Soccer. So there's going to be a lot more eyes on the sport than there were before. Can we get so, Ronaldo? I, I mean, this is just well, – what was that? Can we get Ronaldo over from Saudi Arabia? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if if they yeah. did, he would be like 40 years old by the time his contract's up. Yeah. He's definitely just, slowing down. The Ripples need just one star. We just need one big star, and we can really be, you know, on the same wavelength as, you know, some of the other teams. How did that? How did that really talented, uh, really well-known, prestigious French striker? How did the French forward play? He came over to where, like three or four years ago. Was he in New York? Was he from French or English? A- another really big name guy came over. Taller, goalie. Are you talking in Are you talking in Yeah, he's like he was like six two or six three. He was a scorer, striker, oh, yeah, a front yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. his name. But yeah, he was like late thirties. He came over recently. But yeah, nothing compares to Messi. This is the biggest spoon, the biggest, you know, cash making yeah. move in soccer history. I think. I mean, this oh, is monumental, yeah. monumental move. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, th- this would be basically. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't even throw out this comparison because. I, I was gonna say this is like Michael Jordan going to Washington, but then again, that's when Michael yeah. Jordan had come out of retirement, which is completely number forty five. Yeah. yeah. But you know. Oh yeah, sorry. That's a that's a uh, helicopter, I think. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, but okay. We do we do have a. Uh, uh, landing course or something. Yeah, yeah. We we do have some uh, some NBA to discuss. Uh, in particular, the NBA Finals. We have the Denver Nuggets currently with a three to one lead 
three to one series lead over the Miami Heat. And I I gotta be perfectly honest, you guys. It's I I don't I don't see how Miami can stay in, can stay in this. At the last time no. I lost, no. To look to get swept back to back at home and now have to go on the road on your last breath. Uh, yeah. Denver's gonna. Denver's gonna choke them. Denver's gonna uh, finish their finish yeah. the job. I think five gentlemen sweep five games, so four to one. I think their 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 visit to Denver is gonna be short this time. Yeah, it's it, when you especially when you look at the last at the last matchup. Uh, Nikola Jokic was out for a majority of the fourth quarter. Because he had, because he 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 already had hit five personal fouls, and right. yet Miami Miami still couldn't close the gap enough in order nope. to be within striking distance, and they ended up losing right, by thirteen. Right. I mean, you I had I, I you had Jimmy it. Butler. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I really do. I think I think the biggest thing we've all kind of shared the same sentiment with them not being big enough to match up with Denver. And I, another thing, I mean, they've played a lot of games. They've been shorthanded. They don't have the bench. So these, these guys are playing a lot more minutes. I think they're really just exhausted, too. They're out of gas. They're out of fumes. Yeah. And Denver isn't? No. Well, Denver plays in a higher – don't forget, Denver plays in a higher altitude uh, too. So uh, yeah. they're used to they're used to having to work under more strenuous conditions. Right. Big advantage. Where Miami yeah. is because young, it's about no. Well, no, they just they used to clubbing different altitudes. Right. Well, because remember, you know, in Denver, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take uh, the Colorado Rockies as an example. Uh, you, you know how they talk about how how baseballs fly out of uh, out of the Colorado Rockies uh, stadium like it's nothing. It's because of the yeah. increased altitude. Mm-hmm. You know, with there being less oxygen, it, it, it basically it, it completely changes. You know how the game, how the games are played. Like you may see players get fatigued a lot, a lot quicker uh, compared to, like, say, if they were playing in Miami. Uh, you may see players get fatigued a lot quicker because of the drastic difference in uh, in altitude. I mean, that's why normally when when teams, like, for example, if Miami had dispatched Boston and they hadn't gone to seven games, I guarantee you they would have flown they would have flown out to Denver mm-hmm. fairly early before before the because uh, I believe the finals began what, June first? Around yeah. that, yes. I guarantee you they would have flown out they would have flown out to Denver in order to get adjusted to, they would have flown out a week in advance in order to get adjusted to the altitude because it is drastically different out there 
as opposed yeah. to playing in a city like Boston or or Miami or New York. Well, and then, then the other you thing, know, with the, when they do have healthy lungs, when they finally do adjust, they don't have the bodies. They've gone through a lot of injuries. Guys are playing much too many minutes. Denver's more yeah. rested. They have uh, more good players. I mean, yeah, I think just Miami's just they just look tired, like it's the end of the road. Yeah. They're out of gas, out of steam. And the biggest thing too is you look at Miami. You're not getting points out of Max Struess. You're not getting points out of Gabe Vincent. Caleb Martin mm-hmm. kind of came back in game in game four, uh, but. Yeah. You know, these undrafted players that you were riding the backs of this entire playoff run are all of a sudden not showing up in the finals. So, I mean, that right there, you know, if you're a team like Miami, if you're relying on undrafted players to, who, who, by the way, don't really attack the basket, they're more along the lines of, you know, uh, live by the three, die by the three, and if they're yeah, getting smothered player. by, if they're getting smothered by the bigger Denver defenders, you're not they're winning screwed. a game like that. No. no. I mean, Denver's I mean, there's really a reason right why. There's a reason why Caleb Martin has been getting absolutely abused by Aaron Gordon all series. Yeah. Well, they can't so, afford it. Because Gordon, Kevin loves. Kevin Love's too old or not healthy enough or whatever's going on with him, they, they can't really play him. So then they don't have a second big man. Denver's got three big men, Porter, Gordon, and Joker. It's just a huge difference in size. Yeah, they're getting abused defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miami, you know, Miami has out of bio. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say Kevin Love is a, is a minus for Miami. I think Kevin Love is actually a plus for Miami because yeah. ever since they put him – into the starting lineup, yeah. they were playing a lot. They were playing a lot better with Love in the starting lineup once the playoffs hit. Uh, so were I they switching around? I didn't watch. Problem. I didn't watch the whole game last night. Were they playing? They weren't putting Kevin Love on Gordon. They were. They were having Martin with him. Right. No, they've been having Martin all series. Yeah. Wow, a lot smaller, not nearly as big as Gordon. Hmm. I mean, Miami just made the game of it. But it was just too, it was just too much for them to come to come back from. And I mean the uh, the only uh, the the big problem is that Miami just does not have the size and the size that they do have. Yeah, Cody Zeller off of the bench. Are you kidding me? Cody you mean to tell me you know your He's best awful. size guy other than other than Bam out of bio your best <laughs> size guy is Cody Zeller. Who, he was one of uh, George's great uh, auto picks. He was like the number two or three pick in his draft out of Indiana by the illustrious uh, general manager, Michael Jordan, the king of draft. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a guy, this is a guy who he fumbled, he can't even catch, he, he can't even catch a, a He can't even catch a ball or dribble. Have you noticed that? He turns it over every time yeah. he touches it. He doesn't even know how to really play it. Well, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> clearly, clearly, his brother was the better of the two players. Tyler, Tyler yeah, Zeller. Carolina. Tyler Zeller, yeah. Carolina. You know, and I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that he has uh, that he has essentially washed out of the league because I thought that his brother 
uh, Tyler was actually the better of the two players. I thought so too. I'm not saying not saying that just because he played for Boston, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it seemed like he, it seemed like he was able to get uh, to get up for more shots underneath the basket, but. Yeah. You know, Cody Zeller, he had a couple of big games against Boston last series. And then this series, he's basically been ineffective when going up against the bigger guys of uh, of Denver. You know, it's, yeah, it's like they have to, have to, they have to give minutes. They, they, but he's such a negative. He, I never even knew how bad he was. He's he's the worst player on the court by far. Whenever they put him in, they have to quickly take him back out. <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, you you look at Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin six foot five. Uh, Gabe Vincent <laughs> is six foot two. Max Struess is six five. Literally, right. their their biggest uh, their biggest non big man is Jimmy Butler, who's six foot seven. That's a pretty uh, big guy. That's their huge problem is that they just do, they just don't have the size to compete with Denver. Right. And Denver one is two. all around. Have, I was going to say you should always, especially if you have title championship aspirations and dreams. I mean, you've got to have more guys. You need at least one or two extra big guys on the bench just to be able to, you know, at the end of the bench at least. There's like it's I, a lot of good players and. He'd have done some great stuff, but like they're kind of undermanned. They should have more size on the bench. That's 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 Pat Riley's job to make sure he has. Pat Riley should have signed another seven footer, or two. Yeah. Can't have enough big men. You know, I. They don't have I enough think, at all. Uh, and and people, you know, people are people are saying, oh well, they don't have Tyler Harrow. Uh, you know this series, so Tyler Harrow. Uh, would make would make a would make a huge difference, but would he really? He's another six foot five guy. I mean, granted, granted, yeah, he's probably uh, the of their shooters. Uh, apart from apart from Jimmy Butler, he's maybe their second best shooter. But at the same time, not only is he dealing not only is he dealing with a broken hand. But yeah. you'd have to think he's going to have a ton of rust coming off coming off of uh, you know coming right. off of his uh, his broken hand, and if he does come in, how effective is he really going to be? Not much at all, especially against a big team like Denver. Right. I mean, can Miami steal one? Uh, like, can, can they steal like maybe one more? Maybe I just, well, I don't take. You know, I, I don't really put that much stock into a, you know, into into a uh, potential Miami, uh, you know, a, a Miami uh, comeback. Here, I'll put it this yeah. way: I would t- I would put more stock into a Florida Panthers comeback in the Stanley Cup Finals <laughs> than I would I a Miami Heat comeback. At this point, so would I. 
yeah. It, it just, and I, 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 I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think, Lou, about about Miami's chances? Do you think there's any, uh, there's any possibility that they could extend this? From what I, from what I found out last night, uh, you know, this was their, that was a golden opportunity, you know, to try and uh, tie things up. I think now with them going back to Denver, I think it's going to be very hard to do. But like I said, this is going to be a very difficult climb uh, for Miami. I think this was Denver series all along. You know, I was expecting, you know, to win them uh, one game. I thought, and on their home home court, but that surprising game too uh, kind of changed that around. But now Denver seems to have the upper hand in what they're doing, and I think this is theirs they're taking now. So Miami had their chance, but I think they blew it. And Miami's blue collar; they're never gonna they're gonna go down. You know, they're gonna die trying. They're gonna they're gonna go down fighting, but yeah, they're tired, and they're just. They're not big enough, and they're out, man. You know, Denver's going to be having that parade. You can't lose yeah, two, and, two at uh, home and then go on the road, on the ropes. I mean, mentally, I think they're pretty much done now. And physically, they're exhausted. So that's a wrap. I thought maybe, you know, because, uh, you know, without Butler, but maybe uh, Gabe Vincent was going to step up more. But, uh, you know, I think he's um, showing some sign of weakness, too. I mean, Vincent's really stepped yeah. up here uh, throughout the playoffs. I mean, look. Look, they really they overachieved. They had a great year. They overachieved, though. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, they did. They really overachieved. So after a while, you know, it kind of like levels out, and then the, uh, Denver from man, yeah. man just definitely a better team. Exactly. Well, let's look at it this way: Miami, they became the first team to win Sorry, the uh, to win the play-in tournament and then make it to the NBA Finals. Right. That's remarkable. Especially yeah. with a 44 and 38 record. You know, uh, nobody. Yeah, come on, you're bad. No, but at the same time, I th- I, I, I'm kind of thinking they purposely lost that first playing oh, well, game yeah. to, uh, to Atlanta. I'll give you that. But still, I mean, at least they went in with a decent record. I mean, it's not like they were around like 38 and 44. I mean, mm-hmm. you have no excuse being there that. But, you know, they did finish above 500, a decent record. And, you know, so this was, you know, well remarkable in its own right. You know, so, but um, right. I think that was too much for them. And I think maybe they were running, um, you know, running out of steam after playing a grueling seven-game series against the Celtics, which the Celtics should have won. They didn't choke in that seventh game. But, uh, yeah. I mean, imagine um. Everyone, every team could use another extra one or two big men. But, I mean, like we've been saying tonight, guys, the, the, the Heat really desperately need one or two more big guys. Even yeah. Jeff Green, who's almost – who's like at near the end of the he, – he's a good player, but he's, you know, bench guy for Denver. He would be perfect for Miami. I mean, they literally just don't have enough big guys. They're getting just bullied uh, on the rebounds, and, you know, down low. Oh. So with a potential series loss here, this will make Eric Spolstra two and four in NBA Finals series. Wow. He lost. Uh, he lost in LeBron's first year in Miami, which was 2010-2011. Then yeah. they won the next two seasons. Uh, he won the next two seasons after that. Then he lost in 2013-2014. And 
He also lost in 2019-2020, which was the bubble year, I think, the year that LeBron well, that won year, yes, uh, with year. L.A. Yeah, the one when, Le- when LeBron won in L.A. And now it looks like they are, they are on the verge of losing yet again. So, you know, I got yeah. to give it to Spolstra, though, you know, for – He's definitely a Hall of Fame, can, a Hall of Fame worthy oh, coach. Yeah. I feel. Oh I sure. Uh, whenever he does 100%. officially hang them up. And guys, I mean, this year, yeah, the big three—that's that's kind of a black mark, you know, or a black eye or whatever. I mean, that's not a great look for him. The previous times, but I mean, this year, just to get to the finals is a huge success. So, like, I can't, I can't view um him not winning a ring this year as a failure. I mean, he did an incredible job playing team. They had a lot of injuries. Not the best roster, heat roster we've seen in a while. Mm -hmm. So, he's he's really coached quite well. We'll put it this this way. Despite losing Oladipo and Tyler Harrow for the entire playoffs, I I am honestly, I am am very impressed with the fact that Miami was even able to make it to the NBA Finals. Uh, Yeah. Despite the fact that off. they didn't have Tyler Harrow and they yeah. didn't have, um, well, they didn't have Victor Oladipo, and yet they and the had basically been you relying know, on. Well, yeah, what, what was another factor? All along. That's not a factor because you know you are missing two key players. You are missing um, Oladipo and uh, the other one. So. Um, I hero. think that does yep. that present a fact, uh, zero, a hero. And uh, without them, I think maybe that's what Miami has been missing throughout this series, and that's why that they've lost this team. Because when you usually lose your best players going to the final, I mean, that's gonna, I think that's going to make a big difference. And it has. Yeah, possibly. Not having – I mean, having, oh, there, oh. Goes, there, there, there goes my Tyler Hero. That's a big loss. Now is a Tyler Hero. Yeah, losing, you know, losing <laughs> Oladipo, losing Oladipo did actually impact their bench quite a bit, to the point of where they they lost basically their identity off of the bench. I might just say both of them though, because you had Martin and um, Vincent. Vincent really emerged out of nowhere, and then you still have Lowry. I mean, it's like how much how much room do they have? If they had Oladipo and Hero, it's almost like too many guards. They really no. need another big man. They still need to stop. Right. You know? They're all kind of like really good Uh-oh. players. Uh-huh. Oladipo's, Oladipo's like 6'4". Uh, Hero's 6'3", 6'4". You know? Kind of redundant, kind of repetitive, the types of players. Like, they need they need, they need maybe need to trade one or two of those guys and get a really nice big Oh, neck, we got a brawl out in Florida. Holy we got a brawl, all that, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. The game is over. Vegas, over, Vegas wins 3-2. They lead the series 3-1. to one, But a brawl in front of the, in front of the Vegas net between yep. both clubs, apparently, who apparently didn't hear the whistle or the time expire. Uh, time and, and now there's, there's crap being it's thrown. Uh, there's tough. crap being thrown from the, uh, from the audience. Uh, it looks like there's a whole bunch of cans and stuff being thrown. It is uh, ugly right now in Florida. Yeah, yeah. How did I not see the end of this? Uh, you might have yeah. dumb out, switched over to live PD, which I love. I should have been watching this game. 
Wow. Jeez. I mean, Florida. Florida had a power play, but I, you know, I don't understand. Uh, oh I don't God, understand why all of a that. sudden. The truck. He had the whole top of the Maybe net. Was it... He shot it right into his pad. He had the whole top of the net. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I think Tyrone expired though side. when he made that it shot. Oh wow! So I mean, this crowd was rocking too. I did see it when it was about halfway through the third, and the crowd was going berserk. I mean, I thought they were dead and buried. Oh wow! I mean, Golden State, Golden the Knights should have won last game, but of course I talked to Steve about that. Of course, and I didn't take them tonight, and they won. Can't figure it out with me. You even, you even had the <laughs> goaltender Aiden Hill uh, throwing punches in front of the net. I mean that. It, this turned into anarchy really quick, really quick out in uh, out in the shun, the the sunshine state. But yeah, uh, Vegas they now with this win take a commanding three to one series lead. Uh, they look to potentially capture their first Stanley Cup championship. And you know, I know I said that I would give Florida more of a chance than I would give Miami. Yeah, but you know, you, you kind of look at the goal scoring in this series, and it's been really, uh, you know, the first two or three games were were very highly Vegas for the most part. Yes, that's a good take on things. I agree. I mean, ultimately, you know, we were lo- we were looking at this series as as probably a very evenly matched series, which is odd to, which is odd to think about when you consider that these are basically the same two seeds as what we're seeing in the NBA right now with uh, Denver having the number one seed and uh, Miami having the number eight seed. And that's basically what we're seeing here with Vegas having the number one seed and the Florida Panthers having the number eight seed uh, or the second wild card, I guess you could call it. But uh, it looks like maybe perhaps Florida may be gasping for its last breath come Tuesday night. Wouldn't be surprised. That's a, that's a ball-breaking way to lose that at home on Saturday night. And the clock's running out and you have a great chance. No wonder Kachuk uh, lost his marbles instead yeah. of brawling. <laughs> that's a huge uh, emotional sure. Just you know, that's a that's a real smack in the face. I'd be probably tempted to brawl pretty hard too. I mean, those guys are just pissed off. They're exhausted. I mean, now yeah, their season's almost over. And unlike basketball, hockey, you can you can definitely throw it down and punch people, and it's not as uh, you're not facing the heat suspension. So yeah, uh, the Heat probably feel like doing it, and the, the the Panthers just felt like brawling and fighting, and that's what they did. So what 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 are you uh what what are your thoughts on uh on this series? We'll start with you, Lou. Uh any chance any chance you see a Florida comeback here against Vegas? I think you know, at this point, you know, the Panthers had their chance and and uh Vegas got got away with it. I mean they did make a good effort to come back, you know, down they were down three nothing and you know, they were finally back. Uh, Nicole, but I think now them going home back to Denver, uh, I think on Tuesday uh, they're going to wrap it up, and and uh, Vegas will be uh, shooting craps after the game. Yeah, you know I I, I kind of have to agree with you, Lou. I do I I do think even though I did say 
that uh, I would give Florida more of a chance than I would Miami. Yeah. Florida, the problem with Florida is they got thoroughly outscored those first two games. And each of these – each of these last two games have all been decided by one goal apiece. And yeah, it took Florida, it took Florida going into overtime last game in order. And yeah. let's keep in mind, Vegas was up two to one with, uh, right. with time winding down. And then they went into overtime after a, uh, after a late goal scored uh, yeah. by Florida. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's possible that maybe Florida could potentially make a run, but the problem the problem is is that Vegas they just have way too much firepower to where they can trade blow for exactly. blow. Exactly. On that note, gentlemen, I'm going to you because little brother's calling, so I'll be back on the next show. See you, Lou. Hi, Lou. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, and once again, I'm sorry for your for your loss. Take care, guys. Well, thank you, thank you, Lou. We uh, we appreciate it. Okay. Oops, I gotta go to the phone here. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Talk to you next week, Lou. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Alex, you know, yeah, it, it really does seem like, uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy. Obviously, you know, he got fired from the Bruins last year. That's right. And, or this uh, this off season, I should say, he got fired by uh-huh. the Bruins. He he comes to to Vegas. Uh, Vegas obviously looking for a new uh, for a new voice, essentially, to get to uh, to get to its players. And let's keep in mind, he does have M- uh, NHL fi- uh, you know Stanley Cup Finals experience when it comes to coaching. Yeah, he does. And yeah. I can't really say that I'm surprised at this because even though Paul Maurice has uh, has experience as well for the uh, for the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals, Bruce Cassidy has always been that type of coach that's been able to really connect with his players. Now, obviously, that didn't re- that didn't work out well in his final season in Boston. He's always been that one guy that's been able to get the most out of his players. So, you know, I can't really say I'm surprised to see Vegas right now riding the unlikely play of an unbelievable backup goaltender right now in Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill, And, yeah. and up. you know. Much, uh, 21 again. Eichel's playing this house game. And Cassidy's really taking the reins and giving them plenty of confidence and the direction. You know, he, he knows how to, what it takes, and he, he's got them to the top of the mountain, you know, in less than a year. It's, rem- it's amazing, you know, in, in a year. I mean, talk about a, a way to make your mark right away, right off the rip. <laughs> Cassidy, I mean, his favorite right. quote, too, is uh, his one career goal, is, it, it means everything just to win the cup. That's what he's been quoted as saying. So he's a man on a mission. And the players are buying into it, and Vegas is doing incredible things. Yeah, they, they sure, just sure seem like the best too, team in the league, you know. Best team to me. Just, for just, sure. 
just think of it too, though. This this was this was a guy that everybody looked at as, oh, there's you know this guy isn't isn't NHL coaching material, you know he can't be. He, there's no way he'll ever succeed as an as an NHL coach. Uh, following his first stint with uh, with Washington, all the way back in the early 2000s, and. Then, of course, he came up through the Bruins organization, and uh, everybody saw what he did with uh, mentoring uh, the young players out in Providence. Ultimately, he then gets called up to uh, replace Claude Julien as the Bruins head coach, and he got the Bruins to the Stanley Cup Finals. They ultimately ended up losing in seven games. One went away. Wow. Yeah, one went away, exactly. 2019, yeah, they were on the on the brink right there. So mm. he does he definitely has the experience when it comes to uh you know, getting getting his guys there. It's only the only problem is execution. And Did also you really not like having a goaltender yeah, sorry, man. In, in, was in that? Boston, when he, was, when he was coaching your boy, Steve, would you, were you, did you really love him? Were you like, okay, this guy's a good coach? I mean, what were your thoughts when he was running the show in Boston? Oh, I loved him. I, lo- yeah. I loved, uh, I loved the type of style that he brought. Uh, yeah. The fact that he was able to take, he was able to take uh, young players and develop them to effectively play at the major league level. And yeah. I mean this is why this is why you see guys like uh like for example Jake DeBrusque who has all of a sudden developed into a top 6 forward when everybody was looking at him at, at, at potentially oh you know at most maybe he'll be a top 9 guy uh, you know, play on the third line yeah. and whatnot. Uh, but he'll never, you know, he'll never really contribute anything effective. Uh, you know, that would be a difference maker. Yeah, now, obviously, obviously he you was know, a very late bloomer last year. That's, yeah, totally. But that's that's just a testament that that proves your point perfectly. That Cassidy had a huge impact, and his staff, you know, obviously. That unlocking players' potential is such a huge aspect of, uh, you know, being a great coach in any sport. Definitely getting the most out of his players. And like you said, people that were kind of fringe and not maybe, you know, as a third turn or maybe a fourth-line winger becomes a, a second-liner. You know, if they play more and more and he's giving people more and more confidence, he's really doing a great job. Yeah. So, you know, I, as soon as they released, as soon as they fired him, I, along with, I'm sure, multiple other Bruins fans said that this was the wrong decision to make. And the big reason was that, uh, you know, Don Sweeney and Cam Neely, who now run the Bruins, they're basically called, uh, how do I put this? Uh, they were the uh, the golden boys, basically, of their era. And... You know, they were like the cool kids, basically. So, because Cassidy wasn't one of the cool kids, he couldn't hang with the cool kids anymore. So, they end up firing him, and they bring in 
they bring in Jim Montgomery, which, I mean, to be fair, Jim Montgomery, very good this year. You know, we saw we saw all those records that the Bruins bro, uh, broke under Jim Montgomery. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that the that uh, the new coach is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I still feel though that they potentially could have done the same thing if Bruce Cassidy was still there, and maybe. If Bruce Cassidy was still there, we'd be looking at the Bruins against Vegas as opposed to Florida against Vegas. Interesting. Yeah, what well, easily could have been. I could certainly see that becoming a reality if he hadn't uh, hit the road, if he, if he hadn't, you know, been, been shown the door in Boston. Who knows what could have been. Right. I mean, this year we've talked now, about it a lot uh, with, with your, your insight into Boston, you know, being a great Bruins fan, but we talked about it plenty. But, yeah, this year I think it was more – you know, the injuries were just devastating in the first round. But who knows? With Cassidy, maybe they'd still be playing. Never can tell. That's the thing. You never you never really know. Uh we do have a we do have a couple of trades to announce before we go uh into NFL talk. Uh first off, the Philadelphia Flyers, they have traded Ivan Provorov, one of their young defensemen, uh as wow. well as Hayden Hodgson to Los Angeles, uh, to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Calvin Peterson, Sean Walker, Helge Grant, and the Kings' second-round pick in next year's draft, 2024. Uh, Columbus, Columbus, this is a three-team trade between Philly, L.A., and Columbus. Uh, Columbus will acquire Kevin Connaughton from Philadelphia in exchange for a first-round pick this year, which is the the 22nd overall pick, and a conditional second-round pick in either next year's or the 2025 NFL draft or NHL draft. Uh, To add on to this, to add on to this, though, uh, L.A., then acquire or then flipped Provorov over to Columbus in exchange for Connaughton. Wow, Savvy. pretty cool move. So th- there's a lot of moving parts to this deal, and a lot of it has to do with freeing up cap space. And I can tell you right now, the Philadelphia Flyers are not done yet. They still have they still have a trade in the works for uh, their goaltender Carter Hart. Uh, they're still working on a trade for uh, one of the Hayes brothers. So things are not done as of yet in floor or in Philadelphia. There's still a lot of movement that is expected to take place. However, um, as part of this deal. The Kings will retain 30% of Provorov's deal, meaning that he will cost $4.7 million against the cap for Columbus for the next two seasons. So his cap hit is pretty huge for the next next two seasons uh, with Columbus. But that doesn't really matter because they have a lot of cap space to begin with. Um, So basically to sum it all up, at the end of it all, Columbus gets Provorov which is the defensive uh, upgrade they needed. Philadelphia gets Peterson, Grant, Walker, uh, the 22nd overall pick this year, 
the second round pick from LA next year and a conditional second from Columbus uh, in either next year or 2025. LA, they get Hodgson and they get Connaughton. So a lot of salary getting moved around and this is LA's way of trying to free up some cap space so that they can re-sign Vladislav Gavrikov, who they had acquired from Columbus at the trade deadline. Interesting. Uh, The second deal that we have to report is the Columbus Blue Jackets were not done there. They then acquired defenseman Damon Severson from the New Jersey Devils in a sign-and-trade deal. Wow. And in particular, uh, Dan Severs, or Damon Severson will sign an eight-year extension worth an annual cap hit of six and a quarter million per year. Uh, in return, Columbus will send the 80th overall pick in the NHL draft this year uh, to New Jersey for facilitating that deal. Columbus wow. – what they what they're basically doing is they're they're trying to rebuild their defensive core, considering they already have a young team as it is. Uh, but they feel that they're missing just a few pieces that they think can uh, put them over the top and bring them back to being contenders. And honestly, acquiring Provorov and now acquiring Severson, I feel puts them right in line to potentially do that. Yeah, really instrumental big big time impact moves and you're right when they're you know like in any sport any front office regime if you're close you know you've got to be aggressive and make those moves so now they're in a position to really get back to uh prominence you know it's been a while but they're on the cusp of really becoming very good again right okay on to so, the nfl yeah. the biggest Maybe the biggest story that has come out on the NFL this week, the Minnesota Vikings have released running back Dalvin Cook, saving nearly $9 million in cap space uh, with the release of Cook, who is now expected to have a strong free agent market. Uh, The Dolphins and Broncos have been linked to Dalvin Cook over the last several months. Uh, which also included Miami <laughs> attempting to trade for Cook at the, uh, ahead of the NFL draft. Do they have the same salary cap that everyone else does? I mean, is every massive uh, big money player like linked to Miami possibly? Uh, you know what I, I don't know. They, they've signed these dudes, really big cornerbacks, and then obviously Tyreek Hill. I don't know. If he goes to Miami, I, well, it all starts and ends with the, someone's quarterback. But, I mean, that would be pretty nasty if you went there. Don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, they do have, their, really... they do have a cap space of about – Okay. Might be I think they've got about 13 – I think they've got $13 million in cap space left, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely I misspoke then. I was thinking maybe of someone else, but – they're always they're always in on some of the big name guys, but yeah, cap wise, maybe they're not too bad. Um, yeah, that would be big as long as two is healthy. But yeah, adding Cook would be pretty 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 awesome for that that roster. Who is it? I mean, Cook, Cook would 
Cook, uh, yeah, Denver. Denver's the other uh, known interested party from from what we know of uh, right now. Talk about another team that needs to figure out what what the hell is going on with their quarterback. But yeah, he would be good there too. But I mean, That's you do have you know, if you add Dalvin Cook to Miami, he would instantly become their number one running back. Because they got Jeff Wilson, they got Raheem Mostert, they got Salvin Ahmed, and honestly, you know, you put Dalvin Cook in that in that uh, in that depth chart, he immediately becomes their number one running back. Wow! Yeah, you know, I don't yeah, see anybody else. Uh, I don't see anybody else uh, taking that top spot. Yeah, I mean it. Just- and I think Minnesota just kind of like snowballed over the years, apparently, but they're just in total cap cap hell. I think they still need to shed more more salary after the Cook release. They had to get rid of Thielen, hometown favorite, you know, aging veteran, so he doesn't cost as much. But you know, remember they had to wave goodbye to him, and he's a he's a crowd favorite. Um, Hendricks, two of their linebackers moved on, 100% due to money. Yeah, the Vikings are really – they're like having a massive fire sale. You know, this is very interesting, though, that the release of Dalvin Cook means that they're going with Alexander Madison, top yep. running really back. Liked, yeah, who they really like, but maybe he is, and maybe for a shade, a fraction of the cost, and he doesn't have a just a wicked – unfortunately, a wicked, a really bad uh, injury history. So they might, I mean, if he plays 16, 15, 16, 17 games, they might win that switch, that trade-off. Because Cook, for as talented as he is, he averages 10 or 12 games a year. Yeah, that's really frustrating to Vikings players and fans. I mean, they want more durability out of the running back. But yeah, home run threat, I mean, Cook has more pure talent, but I don't know. But you, you think Madison could be a really, really awesome starter or just like a good, you know, thousand-yard rusher? I mean, I don't know. Because you look at he's spent, he's spent four years in the league so far, and literally his his best season rushing-wise, uh, if you want to talk about touchdowns, he had the most touchdowns of his career this year with five touchdowns. However, he had the least amount of yards at only 283 yards in 17 games played. <laughs> That's crazy. So, unproven. You know, he only rushed. He only rushed for an average of three point eight yards. Wow. Yeah, great unknown. Well, well, obviously they see him in practice and stuff, and they they know a hell of a lot more than we do. But yeah, we're still. uh, There's still the jury's still out on him. But they handed him handed him the keys. They got to see something them that that they like. So I know he was he was awesome in college, but. uh, Big jump. Yeah, I mean, I just, just I don't know. Salary. You look at Dalvin. You look yeah, at Dalvin Cook, who has had, who has had, forty-three touchdowns over the last four years. Wow. I I, I don't understand why they're moving on from Cook. I and do, they're keeping Cousins the for the next eighty, there. for the next like fifty-five years. Kirk Cousins is going to be like embedded in their uh, quarterback plans. But but then they 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 lose the most talented player 
skill position players since, you know, minus Justin Jefferson the past 10 years. I mean, Cook's electric. Yeah, I, I don't really know. It's a, it's a crazy move. And just like Hopkins, it's weird. Yeah, I think... a new trend. Two, two big names in a row, Steve. They didn't get anything for him. Yeah. Ditto with, uh, ditto with, with DeAndre Hopkins. Strange. Both just cut. I... Get something. Get something for them. Yes, they couldn't. Well, they they did try to get something for Hopkins, but the thing is, nobody was balking at Arizona's asking price, which Arizona was asking for. I think it was like a second round pick or a second or third round pick, and sure. teams knew, teams knew that eventually, he would end up likely being released. Yeah, so, but, I mean that's the old. I mean, it's like fantasy sports too, but that. Sometimes it's a dilemma, right? You can risk it on the waiver wire, but if you make an, a really good offer, you're 100% guaranteed that player, right? Otherwise, every other player in the league, well, of course, we're talking NFL, not fantasy football, but NFL, I mean, if you want Hopkins, you know what I mean? You can't just cross your fingers and say, oh, hopefully he picks up our call on Monday if he gets cut. You know, he can go wherever he wants. If you make right. a trade for him, he's yours right off the bat. So... Right. I'm surprised they didn't couldn't circle back to a couple of those phone calls that where other GMs turned them down and then said, you know what, guys, <laughs> you kind of called our bluff. If you if you really want Hopkins to be yours and not risk 29, 30 other teams talking to them, uh, well, just give us a fifth or a sixth or even a seventh rounder. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that in either case. I mean, just straight up cut two, two of the more talented players of, of our generation. Pretty crazy. In the same what I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He has uh, he has set up visits with the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots already. Billy, Billy. So yep, yep, former Vrabel and Bill Belichick. Yep. And let's not forget that despite their despite their beef between the two of them, uh, some of Hopkins' best years were under Bill O'Brien. Wow. So, not saying that it's going to happen, but that is something to keep an eye on, is that uh, uh, some of Hopkins' best-performing years were under Bill o- when Bill O'Brien was his head coach, who obviously Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So, wow. you know, not saying it's going to happen, but it's something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. That is such a – and first start started chatting Steve and when I, I think the first one or two times I I started calling in which I love but you, in your show I remember when I started, learned that you're a Patriots fan I, and I you said we didn't really butt heads but we were kind of like you thought maybe they were good enough with the weapons I'm, I'm just I've been always saying though I think it, I mean imagine that if they finally get a real number one that'll make their offense and their young quarterback so much better I mean I think they really 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 right. get him they really could use that. Not that's not a luxury. I think that'll really unlock, really elevate their uh, their offense, man. They, I think they desperately need a really big weapon. I don't know if Hopkins is still totally, you know, he might have lost half a step, but dude, I mean, if they had like an awesome thirteen or fourteen hundred yard receiver, their their offense is at a new, totally new level right away. I mean, I, I can I can tell you right now just from what I've been hearing. Out of uh, now, granted, OTAs is one thing, but uh, they said that the Patriots OTA camp this year 
has probably been the has probably been the best since Brady left. Oh wow, cool. You know, uh the last couple of years OTAs have been, have have always been like a uh, like a quarterback duel like trying to decide who the number one quarterback is, you know, is it was it Cam Newton, was it Mac Jones, was it Mac Jones, was it Bailey Zappi? Uh yeah. It's clear as day from multiple reports out of the New England area. It's clear as day that Mac Jones is looked at as the number one quarterback uh, on this roster. And believe it or not, Tyquan Thornton, the uh, highly, the, the very speedy wide receiver that they took in last year's draft, is actually being looked at as a potential number one wide receiver by different coaches on that on that coaching staff right now with the amount of looks that he's been given in OTAs so far this year. Yeah, I saw I saw cool um maybe it was like a sports show for like a half hour. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was on YouTube, someone that shared it I think on Facebook, but uh either way it was it was Matt Jones hosting a lot of his teammates to watch a draft and then they were, you know, drinking some beers, hang cooking out uh, the wives and the girlfriends were hanging out. Uh, he seems like he's really popular with the Patriots players. So I hope they can, you know, for the for the fans' sake, I hope he and uh, Bill can patch things up because he seems like a really nice, a good guy and a good teammate. Again, he deserves the number one weapon. That'll help him a lot. Right. You know. You know. From 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 what uh, I know, there's been there's been uh fellow teammates of his that have come that have come to his aid uh in the media. Yeah. I know Devin McCordy, I know Devin McCordy was one of them. Uh there was there were quite a quite a few people that were uh he's well liked. Yeah. Yeah. He's very well liked. And that's I mean what's more so, important besides I guess Armstrong as a as a quarterback, you know? You don't want some diva or some idiot. I mean, they really like him. He's standing up to the at... evil. Yeah, he stood up to the hoodie, though. You know, let's let's call it, Bill Belichick's brilliant. He's got a little bit of narcissism. You know what I mean? He he he's it's his way or the highway. So Bill kind of like right. punished Mac for uh for like talk, you know you know whispering something in the background that he found out about. That was kind of petty, but who knows, man. Right, but, 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 uh, I'm sure uh, Bill, Bill's a smart guy. I'm sure Bill has had a couple different sit downs with him and really cleared the air. I mean, it's the most important important position in sports. I'm sure they're on good terms by now. Right, but uh, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at obviously when when you try to compare Bill O'Brien to Matt Patricia, there's obviously no comparison. You know. Bill O'Brien no. will outcoach Matt Patricia in circles <laughs> all day long. Uh, there's not really any comparison between the two. Uh, but let's, let's, let's add another 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 uh, part of this equation. Yeah, another this part of this woeful. equation before before Brady had those record-breaking years. One of his best years came under Bill O'Brien as well. Wow. I mean, That's I'm crazy. not, you know, I'm not putting it, I'm not putting it out there that, you know, Mac Jones is all of a sudden Tom Brady. I'm not saying that, but, uh, 
it's clear that, you know, Bill O'Brien is able to unlock something in each of the quarterbacks that he works with. I mean, he did yeah, it with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yep. He did it. He did it with Deshaun Watson. He did it with Bryce Young. Uh, he did it with uh, Tom Brady. I mean, Brady was yeah. already was already at, at an elite level, anyways. But and it, you know what? Big though, and you know it was cool. Bill Belichick very smart. He knows he knows how to how to handle business. I mean, he knows how to do what he does. He does things for a reason, right? He right away he's like, you know what? I'm succeeding over Judy. Bill O'Brien's in charge of the offense. That's it. So he like stepped out of the way, and that's the best that's thing he could have done. And now Mac is so like Mac is feeling a little bit better now, even more so. And Bill can handle what he does best: defense. Yeah, you hire the right people, you let them do do their, their parts of the job, and then you know, I mean, the fiasco. We've had a, a lot of good laughs. You, me, Lou, the the listeners, the callers. But I mean, that was just embarrassing when they're. I mean, basically, like, who wants to wear the headset and call plays this Sunday? How about next Sunday? You want to try it? I mean. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, they really needed to make a good change, and they did. Yeah, and that's the best thing that could have happened is uh, Belichick relinquishing offensive play calling duties to Bill O'Brien. Because let's face it, Bill's not Bill's not an offensive coach; he's a defensive coach. And yeah, you know, I, I think I really do think now that he was probably going. You know, last last season he was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm doing something for you know I'm 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 giving uh, one of my or two of my friends a little bit of a uh, you know a little bit of a favor here, you know I'm letting them still get paid the amount that they're getting paid by their former teams while also trying yeah. to potentially rehab their image a little bit. So I you know, I kind of understand what he may have been doing and you know, as soon as the off season hit, now obviously he probably felt a whole bunch of pressure from uh from Robert Kraft to do this. But literally the uh, I truly believe there's only one person that you could really go to uh who would be on the market and that of course was Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that was the perfect. And especially that, since there's certain moves that are like perfect, that was just like for them that was the perfect the perfect move. Yeah, and especially since Belichick likes to keep uh, likes to keep people from his own orbit in uh, yeah. you know in, in his uh, coaching staff. I mean, Adrian Clem, the guy that they got from uh, – he was the offensive line coach in Oregon. And my understanding is in order to get him to New England, uh, they're paying him like he's a head coach. And the same with Bill O'Brien right now. They're paying the both of them like so – Yeah, that's a, that's a crucial move. That was a really good move by uh, the Pats. Yeah, Belichick isn't messing around. And, I, you know, if there's one thing I know about Robert Kraft, as long as he can – as long as it'll put a winning team out on, the, out on the field, he will dish out the money. Oh, heck, yeah. That money cannot be denied. That's factual. That's a fact. Yeah. 
I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it with the New England Revolution, for example, because uh, he owns the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer. Uh, New England has had two of the best forwards in the league for God knows how many years straight, and in order to keep them on the roster, you know, he pays a significant amount of money to keep them on the roster. Like, I mean, obviously we're not talking Lionel Messi type of money, uh, but, you know, we're talking like, we're talking like maybe a good seven, eight million per season. Wow. It's nothing to see that. So yeah, it's a good chunk of change. Yep. That's good money. So, you know, Robert Kraft doesn't care, you know, as long, as long as, as long as it'll put out a winning team, he will pay the money. Absolutely. Yeah, he really will. Uh, They're going to be much uh, improved this year. On the I, other hand, that's a different story. The coach is going to help a lot. I'm, I'm not going to keep – it'll be annoying after a while. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's like the one no-brainer right away. Right when he's got released, I was like, the Patriots have to jump on Hopkins. That's just a perfect match. Is that what Mac needs? It's what Belichick needs if he wants to – you know, win 13 games again, or else is he really going to close his career in the next two or three years, winning seven, eight games a year? I mean, they have to really roll the dice and bring in Hopkins. They have to. Not really risk. He's he will close his. They should, he should be a patriot. He will close no his career. He, he will close his career once he uh, once he gets Don Shula's record. That's when he'll close his career. Yeah, I'm just wondering, can they get back to that pinnacle? I mean, without Brady, can they, you know what I mean? Can they at least, let's say, win the AFC East? Or else you're gonna, he's going to really be a 500 um, coach for the last five years of his run. He's going to be a 500 coach the last half decade of his career. That's well, you know, he, he he, they ain't they ain't winning the, they ain't winning the AFC with the, with this current crop of uh, you know with this current crop of quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh yeah. Allen. You know, and especially now that they're, now that they uh, the Jets have brought in Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, a diva, but he looks good in the Jets camp. He is saying all the right things, so he looks like he's going to be legit. He's not going to be a total dumpster fire. So that's another that's right. another top you know, gun gunslinger. Yeah, I mean, New, the AFC is New England's going to have to do something very significant in order totally. to in order to potentially be considered a contender. But you just got to get it, get in there, you know, and it's not even seven games, it's one game. Just get, you know, obviously home field is huge. But um, they, they really just need to get back into the playoffs first. Hopkins can, can right. do that right away, I, I think. If they get Hopkins, you know, not everyone can have Mahomes or Burrow. You don't want to just throw in the towel. They, can still, they still want to give it their best shot and try to compete. I, when it comes to those quarterbacks, I guess get draft uh, corners. Look who they got, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. So Belichick's never been stupid. I mean, that's the best way to try yeah, to beat not him. Yeah, not only I've, that. I've locked, down, I've, I've locked down corners, and now they can match up yeah, better not, with the Chiefs and the Bills if they make the playoffs. Not only that, they got, they got Gonzalez from Oregon, but, you know, uh, one potential big reason why they got him was because uh, I believe, at least, 
uh, Adrian Clem, their current offensive, uh, their current offensive line coach. He was uh, he was uh, part of the coaching staff, so he did get to see what type of player Christian Gonzalez was on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he helped Belichick out a little bit with that pick. No, it wouldn't shock me one bit. That makes a lot of sense. So, but yeah, you know, um, from, from, from what I've... Uh, no, just quick, I was just going to say, look at coaching and then offense and defense, three equally important elements of any good team, right? For football, Bill O'Brien, they added a lockdown corner probably, and they could add a game-changing number one weapon in Hopkins. That's a hell of a, that's a, that's a kick-ass offseason. <laughs> Go out and do it. Get Hopkins. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I can that's tell an you, incredible they off-season. definitely have, uh, they have the number one remaining uh, salary cap space left among wow, all the perfect. teams that are interested in Hopkins. So if anybody can get it done, yeah, you know, money isn't going to be an issue. He, he's, he's expressed his admiration. He's kind of flirted with Belichick before, right? He's acted like he yeah. has to kind of oh, be a patriot. Yeah. He has over Make many it happen. years. Make it happen. I mean, there's no way in hell unless – Bill or someone said something or he has some really bad dirt or some, some reason he's staying away from him. I mean, this, this, that looks like a match made in heaven. It should be, it should happen. I wouldn't rule out, I wouldn't rule out Tennessee though. Yeah, but I can't, because Tennessee, well, yeah, I keep thinking of Brady or Belichick, but obviously Brady's not there, but I mean, if I'm looking to make a big move and close out my career, Tennessee's just not even in the mix. Sorry. Sorry, Titans fans, but it is what it is. They're talking about moving Derrick Henry. They're really, really unsettled quarterback spot now. They lost A.J. Brown. Such a bad deal that that GM got fired because of that move. I mean, so they've lost. They're, they, think about it. In one or two years, they could be minus Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. And Tannehill's regressed. So, I mean, I think New England's definitely more uh, appealing to Hopkins. They're not like Kansas City or Buffalo good yet, but you know what I mean? I, I, I don't really think Tennessee, unless he abs- maybe absolutely loves Coach Rabel. Who knows? You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't be rushing to join Tennessee if I was him. And to be to be fair, I do I do actually think that uh, obviously if money wasn't a factor, I do think Kansas City and Buffalo would be in the mix. Uh, however, yeah. at least based on the reports that have been put out there, uh, it does sound like money will be somewhat of a factor. Yeah. Which makes me yeah. believe that it's probably not going to be just a one-year deal. No, that I, whoever I, grabs him, it's probably going to be multi-year. Yeah, and I think ideally you probably want to give them like three years, but it takes both sides to agree, two, two to tango, but... You know, I wouldn't want to give Hopkins a six or seven year deal, but you also don't want to insult him and have him hang up on the phone, hang hang up on you permanently, block your number if you offer him a one year deal. So I'd give him three years, four years, tops. I don't know if he's lost a little step. You know, he's not gonna get any quicker 
each year now. So what, what do you think a good deal would be about three years? Uh, I mean, possibly, you know, I, I'd go to maybe three. It, it really oh, wow. all depends on, oh, you also have four. to take a look at his physical too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously the player, they want four years more money, but I think a good middle and a mutually good scenario would be three or four years. He's not getting any younger, but he's still got some good shelf life left. And honestly, I think he was kind of underutilized in Cliff Kingsbury's uh, in Cliff Kingsbury's system. Yeah, and also, you know, when you're, other, being, when you're when your Smurf quarterback is too worried about you know his headset on Call of Duty and doesn't really know how to run an offense, that's a little bit of an issue too. <laughs> right. <laughs> got to, got to I mean, you, say, you take a look at. You, t- you throws, take a look at Hopkins' – he, he doesn't even know what the play is. He just throws a bomb up. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you take a look at Hopkins' years in Arizona. If you take a look at his years in Arizona and his years in Houston, Arizona, out of all out of the three years he played in Arizona, he only topped seven touchdowns once. And that was in ten games. He's so so good though, man. I'm not I'm not disputing what you're saying is factual, but I think a lot of it sometimes like Kyler Murray. Come on, I think he'd do a lot more damage with a solid uh, Mac Jones throwing to him. Murray was right. all over the map, totally erratic. It's not not ideal for a receiver to thrive. They want someone you know consistent and someone who actually knows the offense. <laughs> That's what they'll get in New England. Uh, by the way, I do have a little bit uh, something interesting here to, just to point out real quick for uh, the Stanley Cup Finals Game 5. Yeah. Uh, there were a ton of penalties that were given out in that last bit, you know, as time expired. Uh, looks like Brandon Montour and Matthew Kachuk both got misconduct penalties which may result in a potential suspension for both players. Wow. So Florida's already, Florida's already dealing with an uphill battle and that may, this may have potentially sealed the deal if they, if they face a potential suspension. I'm going to add that on DraftKings right now. (laughs) Yeah. Denver Two of them. and the Golden Knights. Nuggets and Knights. That's it. That's it. Locked. No, yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> crippling. If they lose, uh, there's definitely no such thing as a lock. Trust me on that. <laughs> um, let's see. No, but, I mean, yeah, if they, especially Kachuk, dude, he's 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 an absolutely incredible player. Yeah, they're, they're all but they're, – they're dead and gone. If they lose him for the next game, no, their season's over without him. Uh, also in the NFL, uh, the Denver Broncos, they have signed edge rusher Frank Clark, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, to a one-year deal worth about $5.5 million that can be worth up to $7.5 million. And to be perfectly honest, I am very surprised that this is only a one-year deal. Yep, now I can hunt his boy, uh, Mahomes. That's crazy. In, 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 um, 
interdivision, obviously rival. Now he's, now he's going to be going after Mahomes every, you know, twice a year at least. Yeah, one-year deal. Crazy. He's getting a little bit longer than the Chiefs, but he's still a very productive player. He was one of the captains of the Chiefs. Very popular uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Big move. Uh, I mean, especially considering the fact that, you know, th- this is a guy who was considered to be one of the Kansas City Chiefs' best offensive or, I mean, defensive players. And, yeah, and Chris Jones. And, Chris Jones. and you're only – and you're only you're only, uh, he's only getting a one year deal. Part of his, uh, you know, this might have been part of part of his doing. Maybe he wants to re-enter free agency again next year. Uh, but yeah. I, I, you know, I'm yeah. kind of scratching my head at that. It doesn't something's not adding up there because I would think, you know, if Denver wants to rebuild that defense to be as fearsome as it once was, I would think you would probably want Frank Clark on that defense for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But like you said, it takes, you know, it takes both sides to be happy and sign the paper together. I mean, maybe he wanted to bet on himself, have a huge year and then get a long-term deal either with Denver or with someone else. You know what I mean? Cause it also took him a while yeah. to sign. So he just basically wanted to yeah, get in with someone of, and sign, sign somewhere at this point. Right. That's kind of what that's kind of what's making me wonder if maybe perhaps it was his decision better, that better he himself. only wanted to do one year so that he could uh so that he could re enter the free agency market. That's probably what it is, yeah. I, I agree with you. That's what it seems like it would be. I mean, it's worked before. You know, it's worked before for certain players. Uh, but don't carry, don't carry. I mean, I while you're back, but yeah, good luck. It's risky, but it can really help. It can help or hurt players. It's a roll of the dice. You know exactly exactly what what you just said. Don't tear don't tear your ACL or something. You know, uh, it would really suck to be to be a guy like Frank Clark and to all of a sudden to basically bet on yourself and then ultimately lose that bet by going down for the season, which ultimately, you know, will obviously affect, uh, you know, your price for, for free agency. Control through the through the uh, twenty twenty seven season. However, you know we were talking about 
this would be a good thing for Texas as long as he's able to stay healthy. But it looks like, once again, you know, Jacob DeGrom must be kind of like Chris Sale. He must be one of those players that's just plain injury-prone, period. Yeah, I mentioned I wasn't I sure wasn't sure if you were still on the, phone, the show earlier. Lou's great show, but uh, I mentioned Sale, too, yeah. Just so injury-prone. I mean, on the fast track to the Hall of Fame, World Series eighth, lefty, electric stuff, and just decimated by injuries. DeGrom, same thing. I mean, he's literally he had no run support as a Met. You know, he's like a 500 pitcher with a sub-2 ERA. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then good for him, man. He went out. Texas risked a lot and gave him a lot, but right back to ground zero with the injuries. It's really it's tragic. I mean, he's, his injuries are just as bad, if not worse, than Sale. Probably about the same. Yeah. They've lost years and years, and years of of, uh, of glory and money. They're, they're well paid, but you know what I mean? They've missed out on some other contracts. The Grom get paid, though, but you, you hate to see it. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he did years. get – he, he, got, he got his final his final big payday – but I mean, he's he's what thirty four. Yeah. Uh, granted, granted, we say we say this though, we say this though, and yet you look at you look at a guy like Justin Verlander, who had Tommy John surgery, and then all of a sudden he wins the Cy Young Award last year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. At so, the rapidly decaying age back, of what forty forty one. Yeah, so yeah, exactly to build on your point. If he if Degrom will see the timeline, if he comes back, you know, thirty five and a half. So he still might have another good, really good half decade. But his problem, it seems like every six months or eight months, another huge injury happens. So it's like, who knows what he can accomplish anymore? Very, very unfortunate. Hope he never gets injured again. But the odds are against that. Yeah. It's looking, uh, it's looking highly likely that. I mean, for, first off, this could have a, this could have a pretty significant impact potentially on Texas for a, you know a team that's looking to try and make its way back playoffs for the first time in a long time. They've been awesome. You know, they and I know, all I know this... pitching is, I know pitching so important for Texas. Like their lineup is awesome. They might just, you know, keep scoring eight or nine runs a game and just kicking people's asses. But, I mean, sure, you want your eighth, but who else has Eovaldi? They have a couple other decent arms, but, yeah, awesome offense. But, yeah, it definitely – maybe they trade for someone else. But, um, yeah, he, they signed him to be their anchor, and unfortunately he's gone again. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned Ivaldi because uh, Ivaldi right now is looking like a uh, potential, uh, a potential Cy Young candidate with the uh, with the games he's putting up. That's crazy. Boston, either being chintzy or betting on the wrong people, but hey, they've had a good year though overall in, in being town. But yeah, they could definitely use Ivaldi uh, right now. Uh yeah. They could uh, they could use they could definitely use the Evaldi. They could use the Evaldi. They could use uh, who else did they who else did they give up? Uh, Michael Waka. You know they could use oh, quite right. a He's few uh, quite a few people that they let go. Waka's looked insanely good. 
he's nuts. He's been on like 15 different teams, and when he's healthy, he pitches to like a two ERA. And then the next year, he goes to some other random team for like a minimum contract. I, I can't figure that guy's career out. <laughs> he looks incredible, and he's like been on uh, 25 teams, all like one year deals. <laughs> like next year, I'm going to this state. Next year, I'm going to that state. Wasn't he really good for Boston too? He was, yeah. He had a six zero record. He had a six zero record. Uh, yeah. record that was uh, decimated by injuries uh, in the later portions yeah. of the season. That really that's that's another guy but, injury bug. But yeah, it was former first round pick, St. Louis Cardinals. He has a huge pedigree. Just has to stay healthy. Yeah. But anyways, that's going to do it for uh, for tonight's uh, for tonight's show. Though I do want to once again thank everybody for uh, joining us earlier tonight for the tribute to Eddie Raheem. Uh, a huge thank you to Jim Early. Without his help, uh, we wouldn't get these uh, podcasts out to you. Uh, a huge thank you to Melissa, JB, Reggie, uh, Michael Doyle. Uh, Tim Gross and Laura Murphy for uh, for each of their uh, for each of their statements that they had tonight. Uh, of course, as always, Alex, uh, Lou, and Diane for joining me for the sports portion of the show. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. And to sign off here, Eddie. We miss you, buddy. Uh, it's it was a pleasure to have you as, always as a member of the Whispers family. And now you'll be looking up there, uh, looking, uh, keeping an keeping an eye out for us. So until next week, everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.